This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, happy Friday, everyone. What is going on? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Big game tonight. Jets and the Boston Bruins. 7 o'clock puck drop down at Canada Life Center, and we are all over it. Um, Remo and I will uh, look ahead to the game. Hear a little bit of uh, good stuff today from Nate Schmidt talking before the game tonight. We'll hear from the Jets defenseman. Ken Weeb's going to join us a little later on to tee up that and, of course, look ahead to Monday in the trade deadline. And speaking of the trade deadline, our pal De Pagnotta from the fourth period will uh, pop on the show first to fill us in on what he's hearing from around the league heading into Monday's NHL trade deadline. And my God, speaking of trades, a massive, massive deal in the National Football League yesterday that I think caught everybody off guard. Packers all-pro wide receiver Devontae Adams on his way to the Raiders in Las Vegas. The AFC West gets even more competitive. We'll talk about that and more from the National Football League and a big weekend in Major League Baseball's offseason as spring training opens with Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, and it is Friday. You know what that means, gang. Make sure to stick around with us towards the end of the program live on YouTube for your chance to win one of these sweet Winnipeg Sports Talk and Canadian Club hoodies in our marble race, which will conclude the program closer to 3 p.m. A big thank you to the sponsors that make Winnipeg Sports Talk happen each and every day. Princess Auto, Cool Bet Canada, F Apparel, Royal Sports, Not Auto Corp, Manitoba Battery, Vita Health, Culligan Water, the Nick and Nikki DQ Group, uh, Princess or uh, Canadian Club, Boston Pizza, and of course our friends at Little Brown Jug. I have a feeling there was maybe a few Little Brown Jugs consumed last night. Fun, fun St. Patrick's Day. Great to see. Uh, I was about as close to normal as I can remember in the last two years in a bar setting in Winnipeg. And it was a heck of a lot of fun to see some people who haven't seen for a long time. Hope you had a good time and hope you're ready to go for the weekend in this game tonight. Let's get Remus in here to start things off. Remo, what's up? How are you, my friend? I'm feeling good. Um, you know, the trade deadline is nearing. It's on Monday for anyone who didn't know, including those players on the Winnipeg Jets. Who might be listening allegedly who are aren't aware of when the deadline is uh, sorry i'm laughing i'm laughing at that but um you know the games are getting more important um you know we're about to could be the last game for andrew cop tonight but i think it's friday more importantly the snow in winnipeg is melting it's slightly above zero and yes, a big game against original six Boston Bruins tonight at Canada Life Center. And I think every time an original six team comes, it's a big night. There's always a lot of fans of the opposition. But, you know, also the Jets, you know, fighting for their playoff lives. And they didn't get any help on the scoreboard last night. Oh, it was Montreal. Montreal dropping one to the Stars in overtime. Man, that Dallas overtime. We all know too much about that, yeah. so... John Klingberg uh, ties the game up when they were down in the third period, 3-2, and then scores the winner in OT. And it was very interesting that it was John Klingberg. And we'll ask Dave Pagnotta about Klingberg. I mean, he, of course, was the guy that many people thought would be sent packing by the Dallas Stars. But the fact that Miro Heiskanen has mono and is out for a considerable period of time and where the Stars are, I mean, you don't we wonder whether they just decide to keep him. So um, he certainly made his mark last night and earned his paycheck 
did John Klingberg with the tying goal and the winning goal for the Stars. And it wasn't just the Stars that won yesterday, last night, Remo. Uh, there was absolutely no love for the Jets' cause on the out-of-town scoreboard. The Oilers smashed the Sabres 6-1. The Kings shut out the Sharks 3-0. And the Golden Knights got off the mat after going over on that road trip and getting blown out of the building in uh, on in Winnipeg in the third period, losing seven three. They get back home. They don't really get any reinforcements, and they go out and beat the Vegas Golden Knights. Or, sorry, and they beat the Florida Panthers, who have been one of the best teams all season. Um, you know, five uh, three, and it was not Lauren Brassois, but it was Logan Thompson that got the win for Vegas. So it'll be interesting to see how they go goaltending wise. But uh, the bottom line is when you look at the standings today in the Western Conference, uh, it didn't get any better for the Winnipeg Jets. There's still one point back of Vancouver, albeit with the game in hand. They're three points back of the Dallas Stars with two games in hand. Um, so, you know, when they play this game tonight, it'll be back to three. So you got to make sure that you bank those points. And uh, Big opportunity going up against the Boston Bruins with a major hole down the middle as Captain Patrice Bergeron will not be in the lineup tonight. Yeah, one more note about Vegas. Jack Eichel left the game uh, after blocking a shot with a hand, so we'll wait and see about that. But, I mean, Jesse Granger put out the list of Golden Knights injuries right now. Eichel, Stone, Pacioretty, Leonard, Riley Smith, Martinez, McNabb. And there's also Haig and Hutton. So, I mean, they're missing like an entire five plus one group of their key players. So, I mean, there's definitely room for the Jets to squeak in here, but they got to take care of their own business. And yes, tonight against Boston, they'll be without Patrice Bergeron, the captain. He's out with an arm infection, according to Coach Cassidy. And, start, you know, filling in for him, uh, number one center is Jack Stednicka with in between Marchand and Jake DeBrusque. And they got Taylor Hall, Eric Hall, and David Pasternak on their second line. So um, the Jets getting Andrew Kopp back tonight. I think that is going to be huge for their depth. And it's they're rocking with the lines they did yesterday at practice. I'll recap them in case you forgot. Connor Dubois, Ehlers, Stasny, Shifley, Wheeler, Kopp, Lowry, Svechnikov, Harkins, Tony Nato, Veselainen, Morrissey, Domello, Dylan Pionk, Stanley Schmidt. And yes, it was. The new, the new pairing, uh, I don't know if they've got like a bromance or what, but Logan Stanley, Nate Schmidt addressing the media before the game today. So um, I think it's going to be a great night. Uh, you were telling me you think the crowd's going to be fired up. I kind of agree. It's nice outside. People are, it was St. Patrick's Day yesterday. People are ready to party. So let's go. Well, you know what? I mean, hey, Tuesday night was awesome in the building. I mean, you were there, Reem. I mean, listen, I know it wasn't the full, you know, to the – the gills. I mean, I think there was a few open spots and I think there was around 13,000 uh, announced attendance. But I mean, there was a good atmosphere in the building. I mean, people were definitely into it, especially, you know, in a game where the Jets score a bunch of goals. Um, you know, we all, we've talked enough about the reaction of the fans when they didn't get a shot for the first 12 or 13 minutes and what the captain had to say in between periods. Bottom line was the team came out and, they, you know, as you pointed out, there were some nervous moments in that third period when that 5-1 lead became 5-3 and almost became 5-4, uh, but they got it done, and hopefully the team can keep it rolling. And yeah, exactly. I mean, St. Patrick's Day last night, spring is in the air. Uh, you got an original 16 that comes in here once a year. There'll be Bruins fans that want to check this game out, and I think everyone knows the importance of it for the Winnipeg Jets if they're going to continue pushing 
to the playoffs. The one game, the one thing that did, I should mention this, I was looking at all the teams that won. The one good thing that happened for the Jets last night it was that loss for Vancouver. And uh, our boy Ned rolls into uh, BC and drops a 43-save shutout as Detroit wins 1-0, um, which is interesting because they've been giving up like seven, eight goals a game, it seems, half the time. Uh, that didn't happen, but it is time. BA says it well. Jets need to start being fans. Get off your damn hands. Yeah, and uh, and you know what? Get out to the game tonight. Uh, tell you what, if you're looking for seats, here's a little insider tip right now. You can go to fansfirst.ca. There's some great prices on tickets for games to get in. Lots of spots to uh, to sit. So um, I'm telling you, if there's a good, if there's a night that you might want to be at the rink, I think Friday night, Boston Bruins with everything that's happening around this team is a great time to do it. And Remo, as you pointed out in the notes beforehand, we were talking this morning. Um, could this be Andrew Kopp's final home game as a member of the Winnipeg Jets? It definitely could be. Yeah, I, ha I have no idea what's uh, what's going to happen. The Jets, are they've been asked about that. They say we control our own destiny, but you look in the standings and they're not in a playoff spot. And teams not in a playoff spot traditionally will trade away expiring, uh, you know, players with expiring contracts, pending UFAs, and try to get something for them. So maybe, I don't know if they're, what, a couple points behind Dallas. Dallas has got two games in hand. I mean, Nashville did lose yesterday. That's good. But I think you're gunning for Dallas here. And I don't know, I'd say you can still try to make the playoffs by trading, by even if you trade Cobb. I, I do believe that, but... I mean, their playoff chances, we checked the other day on 538. We're only going by 538 now. We're not checking yeah. money. The other checking numbers money are pack. fake news. Yeah, money pucks, fake news. I think they had them at 9% the other day. I mean, money puck has, this isn't legitimate, 9.8%. So their chances actually went up. So looking slim. So I'm, you know, if it is the last day for Andrew Kopp, I think we got to give him props for his time here. Um, I, you know, came out of uh, Michigan. Played up and down the lineup, played power play, played penalty kill, was a valuable contributor on playoff teams, always very honest with the media, and we did not see, I mean, more evident, or I don't know if, what, how to say this, but I mean, yesterday, his comments just show how honest he was, completely shredding their old power play style or penalty kill style and talking about it, their new aggressive style where they've gotten a lot of shorthanded goals and breakaway chances, so... I think Andrew Kopp was a great player, and I would be sad to see him suit up for another team, so I hope there's a big ovation. No doubt about it. Hey, shout-out to Pat Canuga. Happy Friday. Happy second-last day of this crappy winter, everyone. Just leaving work and a cruise home with WST. Pump for Jets tonight and a 1919 or two. Pat, thanks for making us a part of your day, buddy. Now, listen, I do see Earl James and B.A. crapping on the fans. So B.A. is saying, get off your damn hands. Earl is saying... Jets fans don't want to crinkle their three-piece suits cheering. A serious question. Are you guys at any of these games, or are these all things that you're taking from television? Because I'll be honest, I'm at all the games. I don't see any three-piece suits, and I do see a lot of people that are getting into the games, but there's a lot of people that haven't been showing up. So, listen, I don't think anyone should be giving it to the people that actually are buying tickets and are showing up to support their team right now. Maybe talk to the people that aren't showing up, that had seats, that have given them up, or that are, you know, angry for whatever reason and saying that they're not going in. I mean, don't give it to the people that are actually showing up, putting out their money to get there in the building. I think that is offside. Yellow card for both of you guys. 
Uh, all right. Anyways, Remo, let's uh, let's lighten the mood here. Nate Schmidt is always good for that. And man, did he have uh, some zingers this morning? Um, you know, we've got a few clips from Schmidt just to set the mood for tonight's game, and frankly, see how the mood is around the club. Because as we've been talking all week long, this is a difficult time for a lot of players. You know, having uncertain futures, not knowing whether they're going to be here or somewhere else. Um, you know, in a matter of a few days, and. Certainly, Nate Schmidt's name has been out there a little bit, but it's been more focused around Andrew Kopp and Paul Stastny because of their contract situation. But I believe it was Sarah Leski who asked Nate Schmidt, um, you know, just to fill the folks in on what the temperature of the room is right now heading into the last weekend before Monday's deadline. Nate, how would you describe the temperature of the room right now? Only a couple of games obviously left until Monday's a couple degrees above freezing. It's been nice. The sun was shining yesterday. I had my roof, my sunroof down. True Winnipegger, you know. <laughs> my shorts, my shorts were in the back seat. Um, you know, I think that. Uh, oh, you like that one, eh, Brownie? <laughs> uh, I think uh, the the temperature in our room is we can control our destiny right now. You know, we 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 truly believe that. I think the guys in the room believe it, believe that we're right there, and, and that's what makes this time of year fun. Anytime you know you have a chance and you know you can, on your own merits, can get in and and you still have, I don't know how many games we have, 20-odd games left, you still can put yourself in a good position, I think. Uh, and we play a lot of the teams that we're trying to, trying to leapfrog, right? And so... Uh, it's, it's funny that you see the things going on around the league right now. It's that time of year. And uh, a happy, I'm not a general manager. I'm a happy, I'm a player. <laughs> Nate Schmidt, you know, I gotta love his uh, his humor that we're all sort of having to have about this crazy winter. But uh, you're right, windows are down, shorts are in the back seat, ready for the weekend and ready for a great game tonight. Uh, of course, the, the the deadline though has been a huge topic of conversation in hockey circles, and you have to imagine it gets to some people in the room. Um, here's Nate Schmidt on, uh, you know, whether he's been paying attention to some of the rumors surrounding his team in the league. How do you approach it personally? Are you a guy who is interested in the rumor mill or are you trying to block it out or how do you deal with, with it personally? I'm trying to think if I have more inside knowledge or you have inside more inside knowledge. It's like, you know, just, I don't know. Like, I, I, so at, at some point I'm like, the things I hear are probably not true. And, you know, it's just, there's so much out there. It's hard to get wrapped up. I try not to because until it actually happens, because there's so much that can happen. One team, you know, could be in on somebody, and all of a sudden someone comes out of left field, and then it's honestly, it's too. I think it's. I'm not good at handling. Like I don't watch drama on TV. I'm not great. I have like the emotional range of a teaspoon, so like I can't handle that much of a roller coaster. So I just try and keep it. Try and stay. <laughs> not a lot of drama on prices right okay but then it ends like that's why i love movies you know it's a beginning a middle and an end you walk away from the movie knowing what happened season five of game of thrones it's like i have to know what happens that's why my brother usually would watch tv shows before me and he would say you know like an entourage you'd be like hey man aquaman was really good you know, so I don't have to worry about watching the pilot the next season. He can just tell me, and I would feel better about it. I could sleep at night. What a beauty. <laughs> the emotional range of a teaspoon, self-described by Nate Schmidt of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, 
That was an interesting way that he took and not to mention the uh, the business about what they're hearing, what people in the media are hearing. I mean, who knows what's real and who knows what's legit? Who knows what is just absolute smoke being flown up by NHL GMs to people on the inside to get the word out? It's always a funny time when it comes to hearing and believing to what you hear around NHL trade deadline day. There was one other interesting clip. And I mean, again, there's a lot of talk about the Bronx cheer uh, on Tuesday. And uh, Nate Schmidt was asked about that and the uh, atmosphere in the building. Put the teaspoon logic to the test then. Yeah. Uh, Blake had mentioned the other night that the Bronx cheer fired everybody up. So is that something that, you know, if uh, the fans recognize you guys need that boost, are you advocating that uh, they fire a, a Bronx cheer? That was a good cheer? <laughs> <laughs> or a kind of a jeer cheer. Yeah. Uh, hey, I thought Jets fans had a lot of fun last game. I think there was a lot of energy in the building and... If you're listening, Jets fan, we need a lot more of that. We appreciate it. Uh, no, it's awesome. You know, I, I think you, a hundred percent. I don't say that often, but our guys felt that on the bench, and it, it made a big difference. All right, there. So Nate Schmidt uh, saying, you know, we need a lot more, and hey, it would be great to, you know, fill those last thousand, couple thousand seats, and uh, get back to the fifteen plus that we've been so accustomed to at this re- arena. And I can tell you what, the people that are at that game tonight are going to be ready to go. Um, you know, hopefully the team is ready to go. And, um, you know, it's going to be a great matchup coming up against the Boston Bruins. Now, um, Dave Pagnotta going to join us in a few minutes. And, uh, Remo, you are just uh, mentioning, I mean, we're we're hearing scuttlebutt that uh, we could be talking about a trade that's just coming down the uh, down the line very shortly. Well, we have a trade. Well, we kind of don't necessarily have a trade to announce, but we have some details coming in. And it sounds like Brandon Hagel is on his way yeah. potentially to the Lightning. Yeah. So there you go. Brandon Hagel. God, I'm, I'm he, angry. You you just go. I'm going to go throw something. <laughs> You're going to put yourself in timeout for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Brandon, Brandon Hagel, uh, apparently going to Tampa Bay, um, you know, from the Blackhawks. We'll see what the return is. Greg Wyshynski tweets out these magnificent bastards found another blake coleman did they i still don't really understand and i've been saying this all week why chicago's looking to move a young guy that has 21 goals that has two years left on a deal that pays him one and a half million dollars a season um i mean maybe there's something that we don't know maybe he doesn't fit in with the team maybe they need to make some sort of a change but i'll be very interesting to see very interested to see what the return is on that deal um and man i mean tampa bay they just continually seem to do this each and every year in and around the deadline julian breezebois swinging for the fences looking for a three-peat and uh tell you what i wouldn't put it past them right now i still think colorado should be the stanley cup favorite but whoever comes out of the east is going to be a very formidable foe to uh, the west winner which i think most people would think is going to come down most likely to the Colorado Avalanche and, you know, potentially the Calgary Flames. I mean, don't sleep on Calgary with the way that they've been playing so far. I'm not sure whether Ryan Friesen's here, but Ryan, I still think it's a pretty good chance Calgary wins that first round. You know what I'm talking about there. All right, we're going to get Dave Pagnotta on mm-hmm. with us in just a few minutes. Uh, before we do that, want to thank F Apparel, Winnipeg Sports Talk, brought to you in part by F Apparel, Winnipeg's leaders in custom suits for men. It's a full line of custom clothing for any occasion. Suits, dress shirts, 
casual chinos, golf pants, untucked dress shoes, shirts, ties, accessories, and more. Hey, every guy needs at least one suit that fits and looks great. And F's custom-made suits start at just $400. Um, they're the top choice in Winnipeg for wedding and grad suits. If you are having a wedding, talk to them about a great deal for your entire wedding party. And if you do have a young man graduating from high school this fall, uh, this spring, Talk to them. They've got a great deal. If you show your valid Winnipeg High School ID, they'll get you a free shirt and tie with any suit. So basically getting fully done up for starting at $400. F Apparel, 190 Smith Street. Hit them online or find out more at fephapparel.com. Uh, our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market continue to be Winnipeg's number one spot for the best selection of natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and of course, healthy groceries, many exclusives to Vita Health. They've also got some great delicious lunch options at their grab-and-go deli featuring Vita Market salad, soup, sandwiches, and more, and more, which I can attest to. They are phenomenal. If you can't make it into the store, though, you can visit their brand-new fully shoppable website, find out more about the products that are there. You can order, buy them online, and schedule a delivery with Instacart. Pop down and see our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market at any of seven Winnipeg locations, family-owned for over 50 years in Manitoba. You can check them out at any of their seven locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.com. CA and uh, heading into, well, I'll tell you what, I think there was a lot of people that were really leaning on the Culligan supply this morning after St. Patrick's Day on Thursday night. Uh, when it comes to water, uh, at, at the best of times, you should be hydrated, but sometimes you need it a little more than others. And I'll tell you what, our friends over at Culligan Water are without a doubt the leaders when it comes to water products and services here in Winnipeg. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems and drinking water systems, citywide water delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Pop down and see them at 1200 Sargent Avenue. You can get them at 694-5180 or find out more on everything that Culligan can do for you online at Drink culligan.com so we'll wait for dave pagnotta to join us in just a few minutes here on the program uh, he's probably just uh, searching a little more detail on the brandon hagel trade uh, which andy strickland's reporting is to the tampa bay lightning uh and i'll fill you in on what's happening tonight in the national hockey league it does sound like connor hellebuck starting for the winnipeg jets and linus allmark will be the goalie for the Boston Bruins, who come in with a sparkling 37-19-5 record. Flyers and Sens. Claude Giroux, I don't believe, even made the trip. He played game 1,000 last night in a Flyer uniform, and that is probably going to be it for him in a Flyer uniform. Everyone expects Claude Giroux, who's the number one name on the TSN trade bait board, to find a new home by Monday afternoon. They're in Ottawa to take on the Senators. Uh, the Capitals taking on the Carolina Hurricanes tonight. Bruins and Jets, as we mentioned. Sabres and Flames going at it. Sabres, I, listen, I've been high on the Sabres as of late. They've been playing well. They've been winning some games. They got thumped last night by the Edmonton Oilers. 6-1 in Edmonton. And uh, it doesn't get any easier tonight going in and taking on the 37-16-7. Calgary Flames. Uh, Flames, a massive money line favorite. And it does look like uh, it'll be Dustin Tokarski going up against Jacob Markstrom in net for the Flames. Panthers and Ducks. 
also tonight. Panthers have been coming off that surprising loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. And we finish it off with the Avalanche and the Sharks. Um, so, Remo, do we know, are we still expecting Dave in the next little bit? Or does he need a bit more time um, because of the uh, of the Hagel deal that's just breaking? I got to double check on this. But, yeah, he's going to Tampa Bay. And I have, uh, I have Hagel in fantasy. I picked him up a couple weeks ago. I wasn't familiar with him, but I saw he was putting up points. And I wonder if he's going to slot in on the second line with Stamkos and who's on that second? And um, Killorn. Because really, I think feel like he's more of a third line dude, but um, I don't know how their lines are gonna gonna come up. So, um, a big trade for Tampa. How do they keep doing this? And are we gonna it, be it, seeing another Tampa? I'm sick of seeing <laughs> seeing Tampa in the Cup final. Enough of them already, but they're just so damn good. Well, and the funniest thing about this, of course, is that guess who? There's a very high probability that they're gonna be playing in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, Toronto? It's the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the Leafs, you know, they can't <laughs> win for losing. I mean, this is the team. They've had a great season so far. I mean, they've got 83 points in 61 games. They've been one of, like, let's see, in the league, they are, they're, <laughs> they're fifth in the league, and they're third in their division in points right now. I mean, to be honest, it sort of reminds me of the Winnipeg Jets 1.0 in the old Smite division. I mean, at one point, the Jets, I believe, did finish fourth overall and third in their division and didn't even have home ice in the first round of the playoffs. So, um, you know, it is unfortunate, but that is the way things are. And, and, you know, with this, and I know you and I, I think, agree on this. I would love to see them just go back to the top eight in, in, the, in the conference as opposed to the divisions and then, you know, the top three, top three, and just those two wild cards. I mean, I don't really know what we get out of, forcing or creating rivalries i mean these teams play so many times during the regular season i don't know why you need to force that in i mean i think if teams have better record they should play teams with a lower record and you know if that was the case outside of you know without the current rules we've got right now you'd probably see toronto playing tampa i mean if, if, the, if, if the playoffs ended today right now going into the playoffs it would be the capitals against the panthers it would be the bruins against the hurricanes it would be Tampa Bay versus the Rangers, and it would be Toronto versus Pittsburgh. Unfortunately for Toronto, that's not the case. So uh, <laughs> uh, the Leafs are going to have to go up against the Tampa Bay Lightning in all likelihood, or potentially the Panthers if the Lightning can't beat them. I was listening to Hayes yesterday, Remo, on overdrive, and I'd have to agree. I mean, if you're from a Leaf perspective, I mean, there's no doubt, and this is even before this deal was made today, uh, the team I think you want to play the least once you get to the postseason has to be the Tampa Bay Lightning, considering what they've done the last few seasons and the roster they'll be bringing to the Stanley Cup party. Yeah, and just uh, first of all, I will say the the NHL playoff system is actually the dumbest thing around. First, like we can get into this, but I mean the having different games worth some worth two points, some worth three. The loser point is absolutely stupid. And, um, yeah, having to play within your division because they just decided that screws good teams. So I, I agree with you. And, you know, maybe if Toronto getting screwed will force a change with the league because I don't think this <laughs> playoff system is, is fair at all. It is ridiculous. And I can't believe a, a professional league operates um, that way. Anyways, uh, Frank Cervalli is reporting. Sounds like the, the Lightning are sending multiple first round picks to the Blackhawks for Hagel. So 
I guess that's why Chicago would trade him if you can get multiple first round picks. So, and I thought this too. So this is their 2022 version of, you know, the, in the past couple of years, they've gotten Blake Coleman and Barclay Goodrow, who went on to sign, you know, free agent contracts with the Rangers and, and Flames. But Hagel, he's got two more years on his deal. So uh, I think if you're Chicago and you're re- rebuilding two first round picks, although they're probably going to be late first. I mean, that's, I think that's a good deal. And for Tampa, you're getting a player who signed at a cheap price, who's been producing um, for the next two years. So when Tampa's up against the cap, they got to keep this group together. I mean, what do they need a first round pick? They're trying to win now and win as much as they can. So um, Tampa's a bit very strong GM under um, Iserman and now Breeze Bois. So I like this trade for, for them. And they don't have, it hasn't quite been updated on, on cap friendly yet, but um, I do, I do well, like his this, deals. Uh, this I mean, listen, we know what his deal is from mm-hmm. Chicago. And the fact of the matter is he's making 1.5 million this year. I believe yesterday, I haven't seen today, but he had 21 goals and 37 points on the season. And as you mentioned, two more years at one and a half million dollars and will be an RFA without arbitration at the end of the deal. So yeah, you know what? I, I, listen, I feel a little bit better about this deal if Tampa is in fact trading multiple number one picks. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We've talked a lot about windows of teams. This is the window right now for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, they've got Vasilevsky and Stamkos and Kucherov and all these guys. You know, you want to be able to add to it, but you can't add a lot of salary. So it's going to cost you your first round pick for a couple years. But to get a guy that can come in, play an important role, can score, can add to your lineup and do it at one and a half million dollars for two more seasons within this window um, you know what? You do it. And, uh, but it is interesting from a Chicago perspective. I mean, you know, what, what are they waiting for? I mean, I guess maybe they're waiting for like the Taves contract and the Kane contract yeah. and those sort of things to finish and then really have a blank slate because they don't exactly have that right now. Um, and it does seem like just about everyone is open for business when it comes to Chicago as they sort of move on from that championship era into a new one. And I guess having some multiple number one picks is something that they'll like bottom line is though tampa bay's number one picks basically it's a high second rounder because well the last few years they've been picking 31st or 32nd and i would imagine there's a high probability that those picks will continue to be right near the bottom of the first round yeah and that's an interesting point about chicago and i think that does actually make sense you wait until kane and taves are you know our ufas they got one more year after this and then maybe you say okay we're gonna give her and you try to stockpile first round picks and look you can either make the pick or you can trade it for someone who can help you so i i mean chicago it's amazing what a run they had and how they're totally rebuilding oh they did sign um death jones to that massive contract that you know kicks in uh starting next year uh so we yeah, he's see- gonna be around for the next eight years you can yeah. <laughs> you can count on that yeah, so uh, so good trade for Tampa. We'll have to see what else goes. But I'm, you know, one thing about the trade, you know, everyone's talking about Ben Sherratt. I, I, I can't believe, still can't believe Ben Sherratt got a first and, uh, you know, a prospect. And Callie Yarncroke got a second and a third. And I think if you're talking about comparables for Andrew Kopp, it would be the Callie Yarncroke, Yarncroke trade. Um, you know, he's UFA. I would probably I put Cop ahead of Yarncroke, plays power play, penalty kill, can play in any line, play any forward position. I think he would be a really solid player. And I know I kind of gave my farewell to Andrew Cop in the first 20 minutes of the show, but he is still he is still in the Jets, and they do have a game tonight against Boston. But it's hard not to follow the trade deadline, seeing what's given up. And if you want to, you know, move forward or use those picks 
acquire different players, you could definitely do that. And I am, you know, for the Jets, bringing it back to them, I am thinking about the picks they gave up to get Schmidt and Dylan. And if you don't make the playoffs and you gave up those picks, I think that's a huge fail. So they'd have to try to either make the playoffs and, you know, salvage the season or, you know, get something in return for cop and you get picks and I don't know, maybe trade those picks for something else or, or use them. Well, you know what? It's an interesting point um, because I do think that there is some element of the uh, recouping of assets that have already been spent last summer to get those players that you mentioned. Uh, you know, I, but the more I think about it, I mean, and I'm interested in people in the chat fiddle us in. I mean, if the if the return for Andrew Kopp was what Yarncroc got got for Calgary to Seattle, a second rounder and a third rounder and a seventh rounder, are you doing that, or would you rather keep him for the rest of the year and finish out this season as a Winnipeg Jet? I mean, I realize that those picks are worth something. Andrew Kopp is worth something in the lineup as well right now, and I guess there's a lot of people that have just already said, listen, this season's done. They're not making the playoffs. If you do think that they are still a live bet to, you know, maybe sneak into it or at least to be playing meaningful games at the end of the season, you know, you're better off keeping Andrew Kopp. I mean, uh, listen, I endorse a trade. If they do make it, I'll understand why they do it. But to be honest, and I, and I don't know, how much do you think it has to do with tonight's game? Like tonight yes. and Sunday. If they win both of these games right now and they've actually put together a winning streak and they're trending in the right direction... And they've barged right into that conversation. I guarantee you it'll be harder for Kevin Sheveldayoff to pull the trigger. And not because what it'll do the room or anything like that. Just the bottom line is that the Winnipeg Jets are a much better hockey club with Andrew Kopp in the lineup than without. Yeah, they've got a two-game win streak, an opportunity to get that elusive uh, three-game win streak tonight against Boston. I mean, if you win both, um, what, you're 8-3-1 and one in your last 12? I do think you're healthy. You know, Ehlers' back is huge. You found this new dynamite line with Ehlers, Dubois, and Connor. I mean, is it? I, maybe it's it's worth it. I still think you should trade him and get, and get something. I mean, look, business. The team has had chances to be in a playoff spot, but when you lose to Buffalo and Arizona and the Islanders at home, you're not doing yourself any favors. So. And I think you w went on that yesterday when you were like, well, what's it going to say to the room if you try it, if you deal cop now? Well, you can still go out and, and you can still go out and play. So, I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's a tough it's, spot. But I do think I do think these two games will determine that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a loss tonight. And, and I know some people are saying it's over. Guys, it's not over. I mean. You know, if if the team was out, um, you know, and we're not talking about, you know, having to win every single game for the rest of the season. Um, you know, what, the most important thing is for Dallas to lose a few of these games in hand. I mean, to me, that is the that's that's the the, the biggest issue right now for the Winnipeg Jets. But um, and the other thing is, I mean, I think back to like, let's go through all like the second and third round picks. I mean, like the, the the chances of those turning into NHL players, I mean, is not even close to what a first rounder is. Um, and, you know, I think back to like what the team traded for Paul Stastny. What does it end up? St. Louis ended up getting Eric Foley, who unfortunately had his career cut short due to concussions. And Clem Costin, who I don't believe has really cracked the NHL lineup very much in St. Louis so far this year. So there's no guarantees other than the fact that we're going to have a game tonight and the Jets will be playing as if their playoff lives are on the line. And uh, we'll see what happens with that coming up a, a little bit later on. Uh, we're still hoping to have Dave Pagnotta from the fourth period join us.
Um, we'll find out a little bit more on this Brandon Hagel trade, as well as where this leaves some of the other individuals uh, that are up on the uh, up on the T TSN's trade bait board. And it's interesting, Remus. You know, we've already seen moves now by Tampa, by Florida, by the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, without a doubt, three of the top teams in the league that have made moves. I do wonder what sort of pressure this may put on other NHL GMs to um, maybe up their antes when it comes to what they're offering for particular players to keep up in an arms race that has already benefited the teams at the top of the league. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up the um, the trade bait board here from TSN, but you know, as far as defensemen, Hampus Lindholm, uh, the name out of Anaheim, and I wonder what they're what they're going to do. Uh, Ricard Raquel could he be moved? Uh, Claude Giroux seemingly destined for Florida. We'll wait and see about that. And Mark Giordano on the block for Seattle, and uh, apparently Leafs, uh, Pierre LeBrun and uh, TSN insider saying yesterday the Leafs were interested, but the Leafs don't want to spend a first round pick because what they used the one last year on. Nick Felino and it really didn't work out. So uh, I'm I'm trying to I'm tr actually trying to pull up this trade bait list, Hus, and like I I don't know where it is. I'm literally on the NHL page, <laughs> and like they make it so so damn hard. Uh, I am seeing you know, one pending UFA from Nashville, Philip Forsberg. Apparently, the Predators re-engaging in contract talks with him. So I, I'm curious uh, what happens there, but. Yeah, Claude Giroux, the big name, Mark Giordano, I think Hampus Lindholm. And here we're focused on, on Andrew Cobb. I'm literally on the TSN page. Like, you think, it, you it think is, they would it, put, here, look, look at this. You think they would put the <laughs> trade bait list, like, somewhere on the front page, but it's not there. I don't know. Is Countdown to Trade Center, is that trade bait? Oh, here it is. Trade bait. Finally, you know, I found it. You know, you know what is so funny? I mean, and we've been talking about this for years when we worked there. How they haven't figured out this website and put it together a bit better over the course of the last decade, I have absolutely no idea. But I mean, you worked a lot on the website. Has it improved at all in 10 years? They did some changes recently, but uh, sometimes it's hard to find stuff. And I thought when you click on NHL, you know, the trade bait list, but it's on this top menu here. So, oh, well. But anyways, here's the list. Yeah, Hampus Lindholm, he's vaulted to number one. Drew, number two. Drew down three. Chitrin, I think... Pierre LeBron was saying that they may not, may not deal him. And there's, yeah, there's Ricard Raquel. I'm curious about Jake DeBrusque. Like, we're going to see him in the lineup. He seems to be a solid player, but he's asked for a trade. And, um, I mean, I don't... Well, he's asked for a trade, yeah. But, I mean, he's rolling in tonight on the top line yeah. against the Winnipeg Jets. Like, I, I don't know whether that was one of those things where he asked for the trade because he was pissed off earlier in the season. They said, yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Anyways, get out there and play. And sort of got over it because as we all know winning and playing and being successful can cure just about any maladies within a player and mm -hmm. potentially inside a room and that's basically what boston's been doing and jacob debrusque has been a guy that has been kicking in and you know, i know there was some talk about oh you know let's you know get jake debrusque back here in a return for cop well i mean he's an rfa cops a ufa i mean you know you would probably have to be adding plenty in with the rights for six weeks in the playoffs to Andrew Kopp to get the rights to Jake DeBrusque. So but we will see. I guess the one other guy that we have talked about, and it'll be interesting to ask Ken about this a little later on in the show, is Dominic Kublik from the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, he is an RFA. He had been uh, rumored and rumored to be on the move, and uh, the Edmonton Oilers were one of the teams that were in on it, but the Winnipeg Jets as well. And again, 
anything the Jets do to bring a player in, we're not talking about expiring contracts. We're probably talking about younger players, either under team control or with term moving forward. And uh, Kubelik would be that. I believe he's 26, but he is at the end of an RFA deal. Yeah, one thing too, Huss, that we might see in the trade deadline is a team taking on salary as like a third team in a trade. And we do have, there's an updated uh, non-roster player on this list. This is my favorite. Um, Shea Weber's contract coming in at number 20. He's making (laughs) 7.9 million a year for four years. Might rumored that he's retired or he's done on, on LTIR. And there's Dominic Kubelik at number 24. But is someone going to take on Shea Weber's con- Like, is Arizona going to do that? I guess he's on... I don't understand. Well, I don't understand why someone would... What the benefit is if he's on LTIR. Maybe... I don't know what I'm talking about here. Well, you know what? And Mitch is asking, and I agree. Why is Chikrin even on that board? It makes no sense. Does anything that's happening with the Coyotes make sense? Does it make sense that they're <laughs> moving into a junior hockey rink? Does it make sense that they're even there right now? Does it make sense that they had to get shamed into paying their bills and they almost got kicked out of their arena this year? There's nothing about that franchise that makes any sense right now. So, I mean, the bottom line is Chikrin is an incredibly talented young defenseman. He's on a very affordable contract with three more years. So, I mean, I think the theory behind that is, you know, with the team going nowhere for the foreseeable future, you know, what could you get back when it comes to picks? But, I mean, they're still going to have to get the cat to the cap floor. I mean, they still are in the National Hockey League, even though it's going to sort of look like a minor league team playing alongside the other legitimate 31 teams in the National Hockey League. Uh, but I'm with you. It doesn't make a lot of sense, certainly from a Coyote's perspective. But if you're one of the other 31 teams with an opportunity to get Jacob Chikrin to anchor your blue line for the next four years at a very affordable cap hit, I think you'd be willing to part with some pretty significant assets to get Chikrin into your lineup. Yeah, no problem. Okay, Dave texted me. He said he, he, oh, he can come on now or do you want him to do yeah, later? Yeah, yeah, yes. Just tell him to jump on right now and, uh, because we got Ken later on. Yeah. We got Hacksaw. We got a marble race. We got a lot going on. Maybe just push Kenny back to about two o'clock if, sure. that, uh, if that can work. Sure. We are looking at um, other, just other names. So you can cross off Tampa first rounder. They're in number 31. That seems kind of, actually seems kind of low for Tampa. First round, you think they would for sure be trading it. And someone was asking about Toronto's first round. We got Buffalo cap space, number 40. <laughs> what if Stasny, 44. I don't see the Toronto. I think they took off the Toronto first rounder because they don't want to trade it. Cause they, I guess, cause they gave away last year's for nothing. And, and Nick Foligno, no offense to Foligno, but it, it really didn't work out. Well, if they're expecting to get Hampus mm-hmm. Lindholm, I'm sorry, guys, uh, Dubas, you're going to have to part with that first rounder and probably more. If you want to get Hampus Lindholm or a legitimate top four defenseman, which sounds like it's at the top of the list. Speaking of which, that uh, Eric Schalgren, who uh, you know won his first two games, starting again for the Leafs on Saturday. Um, all right, busy, busy day for our next guest. Uh, getting the latest scuttlebutt from around the league, a breaking trade as we come on right now. Let's welcome in Dave Pagnotta from the fourth period. Dave, what's going on? How's the? Uh, <laughs> got any batteries in the phone left right now? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm going to be charging this puppy up for a long time. Uh, pretty much steady for the next, uh, basically until Tuesday. So, well, let's get to uh, let's get to this news today. It sounds like Brandon Hagel is on the move to the back-to-back defending Stanley Cup champs, and we've been talking about Hagel all week long. I mean, just frankly, yeah. sort of wondering from afar 
How is a guy at his age, at with 21 goals on the season, with two years left at $1.5 million, why the hell is this guy even on the market? I mean, fill us in and what Tampa apparently had to part with to get him into the mix in Florida. It's two first-round picks going back to Chicago, uh, along with uh, a prospect. So uh, there's a few other things that are part of this part of this deal, um, but it's a big return. I mean, that's the reason why they decided, you know, okay, let's. I mean, if somebody's going to pay a hefty price, then we'll make that move happen. Um, and clearly, Tampa was willing to to pay it. I think there's a few other things in there because they've got to make things work. Tampa's right against the salary cap, so unless they're sending someone down, or I don't know how they're going to maneuver this one um even though it's only 1.5 million they don't have much space uh but i mean it's a big price it's like i said it's two first round picks it's a prospect um as part of this deal there might be a couple other pieces but that's a big return for the chicago blackhawks who are not done by any stretch they've got a few other guys that they're probably going to move between now and monday's deadline i saw greg wachinski sort of compare this to the blake coleman deal a couple years back and in a lot of ways it's very similar i mean younger player under team control at an affordable contract that can come in and really you know take a significant spot in your middle six um that being said though we know why tampa's doing it i mean they're going for it again and it's been (laughs) successful for why wouldn't they but fill us in on where Chicago is at as an organization. I mean, Seth Jones is going to be there for a long time. Are they sort of planning ahead to the post-Taves-Kane contract era to try to, you know, start something new and the more picks and the more assets they can have of young players? It's not about the present right now. It's about the future, maybe into a couple seasons from now. Yeah, it absolutely is the future. They're in full rebuild mode, and they haven't been shy about that. Uh, you know, Calvin DeHaan is going to get traded at some point here over the next few days. Uh, Dylan Strom is a guy that's out there as well. You've got the flurry situation. What's going to happen there? Ryan Carpenter, another player that Chicago is is likely to trade. And they've got other pieces that they're looking at to see, you know, if um, if a team is willing to pay a hefty price, they're going to do it. Jake McBain uh, or, or McCabe, excuse me, is um, is also available from that back end. So they've got a lot of pieces that they're willing to move. They want to go through a full rebuild. They want to do this right. Um, and with Kane and Taves having one year left on their contracts, I mean, I, I don't know this definitively, but I think this is the end for Taves. I think he's going to ride out that deal, and and that'll be it. As for Kane, we'll we'll kind of see what what the future holds for for him. He's got a little bit more in the tank, um, but you know, for now, one year left and full rebuild mode. For, for the Hawks. Yeah, I guess it's unlikely that Kane would be on the move now, but uh, considering where this organization is, I wouldn't be surprised if a year from today we're talking about Patrick Kane with an expiring contract potentially going somewhere else. Dave Pagnotta from the fourth period is with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Um, So listen, we spent the first half hour of the show talking about this big game tonight for the Jets against the Bruins. Great to see Andrew Kopp not seriously injured from that hellacious hit from Sunfist on the weekend. He's back in the lineup. Many of us talking, this could be Andrew Kopp's final game at home as a Winnipeg Jet. Uh, what do you think happens with Kopp, and what are you hearing about the Jets and Kevin Sheveldayoff heading into Monday, Dave? Uh, sorry, I was just getting more on, on that trade. It looks like Ty Radish is also going to Chicago, so there's the money that kind of offsets, but that's a huge return. Um, sorry, with, with respect to to the Jets, um, I think they're just going to they're gonna sit back and they're going to listen, whether it's Kopp, whether it's Stasny, whether it's another player you know, kind of on the club, they're going to sit back and say, okay, look, we're, we're going to take the calls. We're going to listen. There are teams. I mean, Tampa was one of the teams that had poked around on cop, but you know, three and a half million dollar cap. And I, I don't think they really got too far in those discussions, but there are other teams 
that really like this guy, the Boston Bruins, the New York Rangers, Toronto Maple Leafs, you keep going down that list. A lot of contenders really like this, this player. Um, and then if you're looking to stabilize your fourth line, bring in a, a, a centerman, you're looking at Paul Stastny and you're looking at, at what that price tag may be. I don't think it's overly hefty. Um, but, you know, if you're shoveled day off right now, you're going to sit back, you're going to take those calls, explore the market, see what, um, you know, you could kind of, uh, I guess, generate from, from the best package and then kind of, kind of go from there. It's, it's a very, I, I know they're kind of right in the thick of things, but it's still a pretty steep hill to climb. Um, and I think that they've kind of accepted that fact. And look, if you do move them out, it's more ice time for some of the younger players. And, and maybe you see Cole Perfetti getting, you know, more consistent ice time or, or, or higher minutes down the stretch. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it'd be great. I mean, we'll see what happens with Perfetti. I mean, when he gets healthy again to return, yeah. I'm not sure that he doesn't just go to the Manitoba moose and play some big minutes and play a playoff run there. And hopefully he's even more prepared for the national hockey league going forward. The one thing that we've heard about Chevy uh, is that, I mean, you know, as disappointing as this season has been with where the team is right now, overall, they still believe that these next couple seasons, yep. you know, as long as the Wheeler and Shifley guys, Shifley are here with two years left on their deal, Hunter Hellebuck particularly, they do feel that they do have the core of a team that could compete right now. Um, so we've heard the name like of Dominic Kublik that potentially mm. could be connected to the Winnipeg Jets. And I would think that if there are players coming back, what Kevin Shevelday is looking is maybe some younger players under team control that can sort of grow right. here in Winnipeg and uh, maybe begin longer terms here as opposed to any sort of short-term help. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they are adding to the roster, it's going to be with the long-term in mind guys that are controllable. They either have term left on their contract or are restricted free agents like, you know, Kubelik, for example, who's an RFA um, this, this July. So you're kind of fishing around the league to see what other potential pieces may be available out there that teams are willing to listen on and, and explore on, whether it's, I mean, bigger name players like Travis Konechny, for example, out of Philadelphia, the Flyers are listening on him and, and they were listening last trade deadline. They were listening in the summer. They almost traded him right before the season. And, you know, that could be a potential target as well, not just for the Jets, but, but for other teams as well. And Philly's looking at that saying, okay, same situation. Okay, we'll listen, we'll see. And if there's a hockey trade talent for talent swap to be made, we'll, We'll explore it. I still believe that the blue line is an area that the Jets, from a long-term perspective, still want to address and still want to further improve upon. I, I think, you know, if they don't make the playoffs this season, you're right. I think this is, a, okay, we had an off year. We had to deal with the COVID stuff. We had injuries. Um, you know, as, as crappy as it is and as much as it sucks that we didn't get to, you know, play game 83 and on, um, we're going to, you know, make sure everybody's healthy. We'll retool and rejig the roster a little bit, do some fine-tuning. And, and go for it again next season. Uh, Dave, you know, we're looking, it's been Giroux and Hampus Lindholm, the top guys, at least over on TSN's trade bait board. Um, Giroux played game 1000 last night, didn't even go with the team to Ottawa today. Uh, what are you hearing about Giroux? And in particular, how many deals do you think Pat Verbeek has up his sleeve? Could it be Lindholm <laughs> and Raquel leaving? I, I think it could be Raquel, Lindholm, Nick Delorier. They're, they're actively shopping Max Comtois. Um, you know, if there's other things out there that kind of fall into their lap, they're, they're going to look at it. Um, Giroux, I was told that they're still fine-tuning, speaking of fine-tuning, I think they're still doing that with Florida, trying to make um, and trying to get those finishing touches on that particular deal. I'd be surprised if it's not the Florida Panthers. I've been, you know, kind of saying it all week that, that that's my anticipation that it will be uh, will be Florida. So they just got to figure that out. They have other things that they're also looking to do. Philly does, excuse me. You know, Justin Braun is likely to get traded. 
um, by Monday's deadline. A very solid, serviceable right shot defenseman up there in age, but still very reliable in his own zone. Um, so he's a guy. You have Derek Broussard. If you're looking for depth in your fourth line or bottom six, you have him. And then there's, you know, Konechny or Ivan Provorov, Travis Sanheim. They're listening on those guys. I don't know if we'll really see one of the two defensemen moved. Um, but Konechny is, you know, as I mentioned earlier, a guy that they're also listening on. Um, and then going back to Anaheim, yeah, I think I think Lindholm, look, he kind of came into this season thinking that he was going to – test the market as a free agent. He at least wanted to, you know, dip his toe in and see what the rest of the league would offer up. Obviously when Pat Verbeek came in as GM, he tried to change his mind. That hasn't happened. Um, so the the writing seems to be on the wall that he will be dealt by the deadline. Raquel never really got into some deep trade, uh, or excuse me, contract discussions with him. Lindholm and Raquel, by the way, shared the same agent in Claude Lemieux. Raquel switched over uh, right at the start of the season. So made the discussions a little bit easier. Um, and then you have Delorier, uh, who's a UFA at the end of the year. He's another guy that Tampa was looking at. Um, low contract, low cap hit. Uh, so Anaheim, you know, they like him. They like him in the room. But you know, we'll, we'll see, if, especially after this price, if there are teams that, you know, pay up a little bit more for this caliber of, of a player with a low cap hit. One of the other players, and you know, Mitch and the gang in the chat's been talking about is Jacob Chikrin. And some people are yeah. saying, why the hell is this guy even on the trade board? Like, what? Who, who would trade this guy? He's got three years left. He's a top young player making less than $5 million a season. I mean, it all goes to the bizarre situation that is the Arizona Coyotes right now. But, I mean, when I look at all of these players on the list, to me, the cost of Chikrin is here and everyone else is here what the heck would it take to get Chikrin out of the desert? And uh, what makes sense for the Coyotes going forward? Like, what is the plan? Well, you know, they're they're going through that rebuild there, and, and they've been fully open about it. Um, they anticipate in three, four years from now to be able to be in a position to have a roster that's going to compete for a playoff spot. Well, Chikrin has three more years on his deal. And there's no guarantee that at that point, you know, he'll be, he'll, he'll want to stick around. So you maximize it now, which is why they're listening uh, and trying to make something happen. But if it does happen, it's a huge return. Uh, you're looking at, you know, anywhere from two first round picks or the equivalent to two first round picks, a first and a first S prospect, another top tier prospect, and perhaps a fourth asset. This is a four to a three to four asset package. That's going to go back to Arizona. Whenever that happens, if it does in fact happen, I suspect it will at some point, uh, LA is right in the thick of things. They would love to make that happen. Arizona likes a lot of the Kings pros uh, prospects in their pool, Gabe Velarde being one of them. So if they can kind of work something out there um, and finalize it, and I think they've gotten further along in those trade discussions where Arizona is now looking at other teams going, all right, we feel we've got these caliber of assets and pieces coming back. Can you beat that and see what the market has? And if there's another team that's willing to do it, then, then, you know, they'll, pounce on that one but i i think at this point la is kind of at the front of this um, but we'll see if they if they they pull it off but again you know this is arizona going through their rebuild they're, they're gonna have a top three by the looks of things picked this year probably have another one next year because they're going to be as, in a similar position um and you know if they hit the home runs if they get first overall and they have bedard next year and shane right this year um then mission accomplished for the arizona coyotes but you know obviously no guarantees where those uh, ping pong balls are going to lie, but um, that's for the most part, the basis as to why Arizona is willing to move Jake, uh, excuse me, Jacob Chikrin at this point.
wouldn't that be something, you know, right and Bedard go from being junior stars playing in junior arenas to young NHL stars playing in a junior hockey arena down <laughs> in the desert. Hey, yeah. two quickies for you on the way out. I mean, we've seen Tampa make a bold move. We've seen Florida be aggressive. We've seen Colorado already make moves. What what, what do you think that those moves of the top Stanley Cup contenders has done maybe to pressure on some of the other teams in and around that area to be even more aggressive heading into Monday? It, it's to a certain extent made a few teams more aggressive uh, and it's made others just kind of go mm, the heck with this. We're not paying this price. Like St. Louis is very reluctant to give up a first round pick for, for a rental piece. Toronto has been as well. Um, you know, Carolina was, they kind of threw their hat in the ring trying to get Claude Giroux and were told a few days ago that it wasn't going to happen. Um, so, you know, you explore, but then some teams realize the price is too high, and then they're going, ah, never mind. Let's see if we can make something else happen. I think with te- with Florida, excuse me, bringing in Girat and likely bringing in Giroux, I think it pushed Tampa a little bit further to pay such a huge price to bring in that that player to stabilize their bottom six because we all know how important their bottom six has been their last two, you know, cup runs. I think, you know, Colorado wants to do a little bit more. Um, their issue is their cap situation. They don't know definitively if Gabriel Landeskog is going to be back for the playoffs or not, uh, or excuse me, back for the, the, the end of the regular season or not. Um, so that they can't bank on the fact that he's only going to come back in the playoffs um, because of that, just that uncertainty that he won't be back beforehand. I was told the recovery time for his knee surgery is about four weeks. And then he'd take another week to kind of get ready. So if that is accurate, if there are no setbacks, He'll be back before the regular season. So that puts a damper in what they could potentially do. Um, they're trying to make Giroux work, and it looks like Philly's going to eat half of his deal. Uh, but I still think it's going to be Florida in that respect, and that might force Colorado to look elsewhere to make some other type of move. Last one for you, David. It's funny. We've been talking about the goaltending market with Edmonton all year. Costco has sort of gotten it together. The Leafs are the one playing an unproven guy making his third straight start. Mrazic stunk. Jack Campbell kind of was on a bit of a down swing and then was in. But I'll just ask you this to finish this off. Um, who do you think is the most likely acquisition for Edmonton and Toronto, uh, regardless of position, once we're finished up on Monday? I, I think Edmonton's looking at depth pieces. I, I think if they can get, um, you know, somebody in that bottom six that has a little bit of jam in their game, that Hagel-esque player, so whether it's Delorier whether it's, uh, you know, a carpenter or, or somebody like that, I think that's kind of what they're looking at, um, as well as a depth defenseman. I think Justin Braun's on their radar. Uh, Brett Kulak, if they can get in those kinds of guys, and Kulak has generated a lot of interest around the league because he's got 23 games, playoff games under his belt the last two seasons. Teams value that. Um, so I think Edmonton's looking in that direction. Toronto, I'd be surprised if they don't get a defenseman. Um, they're, they're trying to swing things and sway the overall package for either Giordano or sorry, or Lindholm. Um, but they're also in on Calvin DeHaan. That's a, that's a lower price tag. So I, I think they get at least a defenseman and then, you know, maybe they get a cheap goaltender to kind of just ride things out. I'm not fully certain on that. I think they're going to stick with what they've got. I think Jack Campbell comes back next week. I think they're, they're ready for that. Um, and they just focus on bringing in a defenseman and then maybe a bottom six guy. Uh, folks, uh, you can find out all the uh, action around the league over at the fourth period.com. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a busy weekend for you, Dennis, and the gang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Lots of, I got the coffee over here. So 
A lot of that, a lot of Red Bulls. And quickly fill people in on where they can hear the show on the weekend. Yeah, on um, you know on, on Sirius XM uh, NHL Network Radio, we're going to have our show to, on Saturday from 11 to 1. And then on Sunday, we're doing a trade deadline special uh, from 5 to 7. So we've got that going on on, on NHL Network Radio. Um, and then we're also going to be doing some stuff on the fourth period as well with our, you know, some regular videos and analysis and, and hopefully some tips on some of the potential moves that may be uh, happening here over these next three days. David, thanks so much for the time. I know it's busy. We really appreciate you. Maybe we can hook up afterwards to uh, see the new Definitely. landscape of the National Hockey League post-trade deadline <laughs> Monday. Thanks for doing this. That'd be good. Thanks so much for having me. Great stuff. Uh, you can follow David on Twitter at David Pagnotta. And of course, make sure you were following the fourth period and check out the website at the fourth Uh, all right. Let's get to um let's get to Kenny Weeb in just a minute. Do want to give a big shout out to a Manitoba battery proud sponsor of Winnipeg Sports Talk, the go-to spot for all of your battery needs in Winnipeg and Manitoba. Uh, you need your power. Get it from a great local business with an amazing staff down on Logan Avenue. About $100 for most automotive batteries with Core Exchange, and they'll deliver it to you citywide for $115 same day if you order by 1.30 p.m. If you're getting out onto the ice this weekend doing a little fishing, of course, Manitoba Batteries got the flasher batteries to keep you catching all winter long. And, you know, soon it'll be boat season and all those uh, fun things that come with summer and whatever your battery needs for some of the toys in your life, Manitoba Batteries got you covered. 1026 Logan Avenue, 783-8787, and online at manitobabattery.com. Next week, this is a bit of a tease, people. Speaking with our pal Greg over at Royal Sports yesterday showed me an absolutely unreal hat that I personally need to get my hands on uh, there is a launch of some very, very cool merch coming to Royal Sports. And that shouldn't surprise anyone because when it comes to cool sporting merchandise, uh, there's only one spot in town for it. That, of course, is Royal Sports. But they've got it all, whether it comes to thousands of pieces of Jets inventory, including many exclusives, Bomber Championship gear, NFL gear. Man, there's going to be a lot of AFC West merch coming in, I think. We'll talk to Hacksaw about that a little later on. Wow, Devontae Adams going to the Raiders is wild. Uh, but when it comes to ho the hockey superstore, snowboarding, as well as <clears throat> everything they've got on the over in the King Skate Snow and Surf side, make a point to popping down and seeing it for yourself at Royal Sports at 750 Pemina Highway and follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And uh, our friends at Not Auto Corp saw Trevor last night out for a couple for St. Patrick's Day. They are so excited to get out of the winter into spring. If you've been thinking about getting into a new vehicle before you do anything, talk to our friends down at Not Auto Corp. Why not get into the car of your dreams at an amazing price with the help of the Not team? They are at Waverly and McGilvery. You can check them out online at not.ca. And if there's a vehicle that you're Got your heart set on, talk to the experts at Knot. They'll source it for you, get it to Winnipeg, and get you in it at the best possible price. All right, Hacksaw coming up a little later on. We will have a marble race, but let's get back to the Jets heading into tonight's game against the Bruins, Sunday's game against the Blackhawks, and, of course, Monday's trade deadline with our pal Ken Weeb. Weber, what's up? How you doing, man? Unmute. Yeah, there we go, Remo. There we go. C C C uh, CTO, get that unmuted, my man. Uh, Huss, uh, happy Friday to you and the uh, 
viewers slash listeners. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Uh, and oh, Remo, technical difficulties is our brand, not your brand. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. A quick wake up into the back room for you, Remo. Early you know wake up. You know what? Yeah, you know what? If there is ever a day you could fire a wake up at Remo, maybe it's today. It's been a long day. Lots going on here at WSTHQ. Um, Kenny, uh, first things first, let's talk about this game tonight and the return of Andrew Kopp into the lineup. Um, you know, many people wondering if this is Andrew Kopp's final home game as a member of the Winnipeg Jets. What do you think? Yeah, it certainly could be Huss. Uh, it did have a little bit of an emotional uh, backdrop to it yesterday. It, I wouldn't say it sounded like a farewell, but if something happens on the weekend, it may as well have been one Huss, right? Don't you think that was certainly the way that I interpreted things yesterday. Uh, Andrew Kopp is an emotional individual. Uh, I love the, you know, his openness and willingness to share what it was like, the mental toll of having to wait for several days to figure out if he would pass the concussion test or not, or if he had one. Uh, I mean, that is a tough situation for anyone to go through, especially someone who's had four documented concussions. I also loved his openness and willingness to share. Um, it was disappointment, right, Huss? I mean, when a guy flat out says, I was looking to buy a house and didn't get a long-term <laughs> contract, uh, I mean, again, we I've been reporting this for a long time that Andrew Kopp was emotionally invested, wanted to be here long term. But uh, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, it, I love that there was no filter on that podium yesterday for either Andrew Kopp and Paul Stasty. Uh, as a reporter, you appreciate that. But I think it's important that people know. Like, we've talked for years about how tough it can be to uh, you know have mm. people and get people to commit to sign long term. And Andrew Kopp. Uh, was not one of those guys who could f find a situation that was palatable on both sides. Um, I know he did, you know, without saying it, he mentioned the two acquisitions on the back end. But Huss, to me, it came down to this. The Jets were either going to extend long-term Neil Pionk or Andrew Kopp, and Neil Pionk is the guy that got the long-term deal. So uh, Kopp didn't come flat out and say it, but it didn't take too much to read between the lines to see that he was disappointed that he was not the one who got the long-term commitment. Yeah, well, no doubt about it. So that brings us to right now. Um, and, and I agree that I think the play of the Jets lately, and certainly Kevin Chevaldeoff and the organization would love to see this team make a run and get into the playoffs. We realize that it is unlikely and the numbers are not in their favor right now. But um, from your perspective, Ken, I mean, what does the price have to be for Andrew Kopp for it to make sense for the Winnipeg Jets to send him packing as opposed to keeping him here for the rest of the season? Like, I'm not a proponent of just getting whatever it is. Um, but at the same time, I do realize that the general manager's job is to think big picture and look into the future and losing an asset like Andrew Kopp and an important part of the team for absolutely nothing at the end of the year. If you're not a playoff team, doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people. Yeah, it's it's a tough balance, us, right? I mean, if you're the Jets and you're Kevin Cheveldayoff, to me, as I've been saying from the beginning, it has to be a player coming back that can help them minimize the loss of an Andrew Kopp. Uh, you know, it's not a stretch for me to suggest that having David Gustin come up, uh, he is a two-way player. He is not right now a double-digit NHL goal scorer. Uh, he has a very, uh, you know, conscientious two-way game, which would help minimize some of that uh, in terms of the replacement value. But the Jets have to get a player that can help them. Uh, the Kelly Yarncroke deal, no, that doesn't help the Jets. Uh, they need to have people to help them during this window, and they want to widen the window. So they need a player that can help them today, and certainly next year and the year beyond. Uh, a second and a fourth that might help you in two to three to four years, and that is nothing but a lottery ticket, I don't make that deal. Uh, I understand the Jets are draft pick deficient. They only have the five picks. 
uh, in this year's draft so far. They'd like to augment that number for sure. Uh, but they have to add a player that can help them in the short and long term both. I mean, I've mentioned, you know, Jake DeBrusque and Owen Tippett is kind of two guys, but sounds like Owen Tippett is the centerpiece of the uh, Claude Drew deal. So he's probably off the board. Uh, we see the Tampa Bay Lightning have been active again today. Uh, we'll see how that works out for them in terms of Brandon Hagel. Uh, but I mean, to me, you got to get a player back. And so, so the reason why, again, folks get, you know, all up in arms about Boston when you mention a Jake DeBrusque, I mean, the, the reason that it would make more sense for Boston, Boston believes that they could sign Andrew Kopp, or that's what they would believe in order to make a deal involving those two people uh, as sort of the centerpieces. There could be things around the periphery, uh, but that, that would be a situation. And we know that the Colorado Avalanche are also another one of the teams that are in on Andrew Kopp, especially if Claude Drew does go to the Florida Panthers. But uh, to me, Huss, it's not just about prospects or draft capital. The Jets have to get players uh, that can help them in the short term as well. Uh, otherwise, I mean, it's going to be a tough decision. I mean, Stan, Pat, there, there, are, a lo- there are a lot of, uh, it would not be tough to make the argument for that. But I mean, again, I, I'm not going to flip-flop here. I said on, I wrote on Sunday going into the Blues game that I think the Jets should resist the urge to stand Pat. Uh, but if the offers are not there, I can totally understand mm-hmm. why they would take a run at it, Huss. And as you know this from working inside that organization, part of the reason for doing that would be the financial implications because if you put up the old for sale sign and the surrender sign uh, that could have a big toll at the gate and we know that that is a big factor for all teams in canada especially those who have not been able to play at full capacity and and for a team that has not sold out a game this season well and the funny thing is i mean you can say what you will about the remaining games of the regular season but when you're really talking about the financial impact as much as it is unlikely i mean the goal of that would be to somehow shock everybody and get into the eighth spot and have a couple playoff dates because the minute you have a couple playoff dates i mean you're basically play, paying a salary of an andrew cop over the course of the season if you can get to that point even if you're out in four games right which many people will think whoever gets into the eighth spot will uh or at least daryl sutter does is going to be <laughs> one and done very very quickly um all that being said you're hearing anything on paul stastny i mean uh, do you think it is likely that he's potentially going out like would both players be the guys that they're going to go or will it sort of be one or the other and uh, just to just to clarify i mean you think that if these guys specifically cop because i think his value is higher if he's traded we're not talking about getting a couple picks back we're talking about getting some players that could potentially be winnipeg jets at least next season even if they might not be helping down the stretch for me, that's certainly an easier sell, Huss. I mean, it's Im- almost impossible to gauge the marketplace right now, and we know that most contenders don't want to give up a roster player. Of course, I mean, that's why those teams are in the position to be striking in the first place, but uh, it, it's certainly very interesting. And in, in terms of Paul Stastny, Huss, I mean, we're always trying to play the game of connect the dots, right? So to me, the New York Rangers would also have interest in Andrew Kopp, but let's not forget who the coach of the Vegas Golden Knights was when Paul Stastny signed there and when they had a couple of uh, playoff runs there. That was Gerard Gallant, uh, at least for you know one and a half of those seasons for Paul Stastny's tenure. So uh, I think that Gallant is a big fan of Paul Stastny. I think Paul Stastny would fit very well as a third line, whether that's a center or a winger uh, with Bar- Barkley Goodrow. We know that Philip Cheadle uh, had a nice game here a couple Sundays back, but he had sort of been up and down this season with the Rangers. So uh, to me, the Rangers make a lot of sense for Paul Stastny. And again, I think the, the Colorado Avalanche still make a lot of sense for Paul Stastny. He's a guy with tons of playoff experience. Uh, he would he would lengthen their depth. And again, it would be a little bit of a um, you know circle of circle of NHL hockey life kind of uh, idea for for Paul Stastny, who 
not only played at the uh, Denver University, but he also started his career with the Colorado Avalanche. So those teams still make the most sense to me, Huss. But uh, the beauty of going into Monday is that with so many teams in that contender area, a lot of those teams would be looking for guys like Paul Stastny and Andrew Kopp. So I think the interest level is going to be high, which leads me to believe the Jets are going to basically um, wait until the result of Sunday night is is in the books. If they win both games, I could easily see them standing pat. If they split, it makes things a little bit murky. If they happen to lose both games, I think, I mean, again, it, it's not over for them, but I think that if that would be the case, they would have no real choice other than to sell. Um, you mentioned DeBrusque, and Sandy and G had a funny uh, funny comment. Cop and DeBrusque, come out at center ice, shake hands, trades jerseys and sides, easy peasy. <laughs> um, from your perspective, how many more pieces would the Jets have to add to Cop to get DeBrusque? Because, I mean, obviously, I mean, the contract situation is very significant in this, and even if they feel they could re-sign Cop, I mean, they could still sign him as unrestricted free agent if they don't trade Jake DeBrusque for him right now. Yeah, they could. I mean, and that, and that is what complicates matters. And, you know, we also know that Jake DeBrusque has – you know, made a trade request. I mean, that doesn't mean you get traded when you want. I mean, you can ask. It's also any... on the first line coming into no, tonight's exactly, game. Because of the injuries. Exactly. So that's what makes that situation so complex as well, Huss, right? This is a guy that Bruce Cassidy has made a healthy scratch, but when he's in the lineup and going, he can play on the top line if you need him to, right? I mean, it's been feast or famine for Jake. I mean, he's up to 15 point, uh, 15 goals, 25 points, but he only has one, one point in his last eight games. So even though he's been elevated in the lineup, so... To me, that just screams of a guy that needs a fresh start. To me, he would bring skill, scoring ability, and size to the Jets. He's not an ultra-physical player, but he has a big physical frame. Uh, it looks like – I think that he would be the kind of guy that could thrive in the Western Conference also, Huss, uh, which is why I think there would be some appeal uh, on the Winnipeg Jets side. In terms of the pieces, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, every every general manager is trying to squeeze out as much as they can. Uh, does I mean, you and I have talked about defense a ton, uh, Elliot – reported this week in 31 thoughts the Bruins would be interested in a left shot defender I wondered if Dylan DeMello might sense might make sense for the Boston Bruins I'm not sure again like I said I don't think the Jets are shopping Dylan DeMello but like you and I have discussed uh, with great frequency because of his contract status and the dollar amount at the AAV it's probably going to be easier for the Jets to move Dylan DeMello if it got to that point because he's at 3 million instead of 3.9 or 5.9 so there, there would be interest in some of the Jets' defense. I think Brandon Dillon also would make sense for the Boston Bruins, but I don't think the Jets are looking to trade Brandon Dillon either. I mean, we talked about them needing to be tougher to play against in terms of the physical edge. I mean, Brandon, Brandon Dillon is the most physical player on the Jets' defense, so I also think that he's the kind of guy that could wear a letter for the Jets moving forward. So I don't think that he'll be on the move either, but, I mean, these are the things the Jets are going to have to weigh. We know they're going to have to make room. I mean, would they consider moving a prospect instead? Maybe, but most of these contenders are looking for guys that can help them right now. Hey, speaking of guys with letters on their down uh, their jerseys, what what did you think of the C on uh, you know with the uh, the Bronx cheer comments coming right off? Maybe his best goal of the season, a play that was vintage Blake Wheeler uh, at a time when the team absolutely needed it. Uh, it was a very very interesting. It was the dynamics of of Blake Wheeler all put together in one game. Yeah, I mean, uh, the slights real or perceived, Huss, we know that is a very <laughs> accurate uh, thing with Lake. Uh, I would I would file that one under the perceived slights. Um, uh, and the other part of it, let's be honest here, I, I don't think that Blake Wheeler or the Winnipeg Jets needed motivation from the fans to get up for a game against a team they had the ability to pull within two points against. 
a team that they're chasing in the standings and a team that just so happened to be out shooting them six to nothing through 12 and a half minutes at the time of said Bronx cheer. Uh, and again, that was that was not a, a lustily a lustily round of booze. Uh, it was a not uh, even it, close. It was a polite golf clap. It was, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, exactly. I wouldn't, you know what, Hus? People from the Bronx would be embarrassed to call that a Bronx <laughs> cheer. So to me, again, did he really feel that way? Probably. I mean, I mean, Blake expresses how he feels all the time. But uh, to me, it was more about the unsaid what, that that I took out of Tuesday's conversation. We, we discussed this on Kenny and Rennie. To me, that was Blake Wheeler. Although he didn't come right out and say it, that was Blake Wheeler making a plea to Kevin Dayoff to keep the band together and to give them a chance down the stretch to chase a playoff spot. Um, again, he said all the right things. You know, I'm I'm just a player, not a GM, but... Uh, for me, reading between the lines, that's what I heard. From being around Blake Wheeler for 11 years, he doesn't want the Jets to trade Andrew Kopp or Paul Stastny, not just for personal reasons, but because he knows the Jets are a better team with those guys in the lineup. And, you know, Blake Wheeler's not going to be here when a draft pick might be around to help them out in 2024. So you can understand why he feels that way. For sure, but... Uh... At the same time, I mean, the general manager has a job to do and, you sure. know, it's a very different job than a player or a captain has to uh, have to do. And, um, you know, and I think, you know, and Blake has said he he claims to not even know when the trade deadline is, which is maybe <laughs> maybe on the BS meter that might have broken it, to be honest. Um, Kevin Sheveldayoff certainly does know, though. And uh, I mean, there's a lot going on around this team right now. Uh, but at the same time, Ken. Um, you know, while there was a lot of focus on Wheeler, um, one of the great things about this week, and since we have last spoken with you on this program, Evgeny Svechnikov decided to take a 10, take him out of the mix, and then Nikolai Ehlers rolled into that spot, and um, I'll tell you what, maybe the most exciting thing for Jet fans all season long has been to see how Dubois, Ehlers, and Connor have looked together, and it's interesting. We talked a lot last year about Paul Maurice trying to get some chemistry going from Dubois and Ehlers, which, you know, they tried a lot last year, but the results simply weren't there. I mean, this unit looks like, uh, well, it, it, it's hard not to be excited about the future beyond this season for what those three guys could be as the number one line. And I would certainly offer, I bet if you pump some truth serum into Dave Lowry going into tonight and, and forced him to say who his top line is, I'm pretty sure it's 80, 81, and 27. Yeah, and I mean, the unfortunate part, Huss, uh, to, to do the old uh, taste test, if you will, is it's unfortunate that Patrice Bergeron is not here because, man, wouldn't yeah. that be an awesome head-to-head -head and maybe a glimpse into the future, as you mentioned. I mean, that trio has the capability to be considered one of the best lines in the NHL when all three are clicking the way that they can. Uh, you know, yes, uh, the Calgary Flames top trio would be in that consideration, as as is the Colorado Avalanche and, you know, probably the folks in Florida. But, uh, man, oh, man, you, you have to love the dynamic abilities on each one of those players. Uh, you know, incredible speed. You have that blend of speed and power with Pierre-Luc Dubois, and you have just incredible finishing ability uh, for all three guys, the most naturally gifted being Kyle Connor in terms of his sniper ability and getting to 38. But, I mean, you saw Nikolai Ehlers, the goal that – it's a classic example. Pierre-Luc Dubois cross-checks <laughs> uh, Dylan Coughlin not once but twice. Uh, guess what? It gets on the stick of Nikolai Ehlers, and next thing you know, it's going bar down uh, on the netminder. So – uh, that line is fantastic. I know there's a lot of debate on the old social media platforms about whether the Jets are putting all their eggs in one basket. 
they got enough secondary scoring. Um, I mean, Adam Lowry is up to nine goals. He's doing his part. Um, when Andrew Cops in the lineup, we know he's a good secondary scorer. What if Cops uh, not there though? Because that, no, that, that I think is a real a real conversation sure. to have potentially after Monday. Um, because the one thing that we've seen as well, and Adam Lowry, I mean, his turnaround for his season from All Star break until now has been phenomenal. And for my money, he's playing some of the best hockey he's ever played as a Winnipeg Jet. But without Cop on that line, we have seen a real dearth of scoring from the bottom six. Hasn't been much from the fourth line all year. And um, there's no doubt about it that the Winnipeg Jets from one to nine are a different team if Cop is playing with Lowry on that line. Oh, bang on us. But again, if that, if he's not there, then that line's probably not getting the head-to-head minutes either, either, right? So uh, it, is a, it is a tricky balance. But to me, there's enough secondary score. I mean, it's not even secondary. It's primary scoring with Mark Shifley and still with Blake Wheeler um, and, and Paul Stastny, depending on what happens with him. Uh, I mean, that probably bumps Svechnikov back into the top six conceivably, uh, at least until Cole Perfetti. I mean, again, I, I'm not expecting Cole Perfetti back anytime soon. What that means, I have no idea. Does that mean April 1st? Does that mean not at all? I mean, we know this is the time of year when injury information is is held pretty closely to the best. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, are, would those leave two big holes in the Jets lineup? Of course they would. But uh, when you have dynamic players, you can play them together. I mean, I understand the, the premise behind it. You know, just put a complimentary guy beside them. But uh, I also would be tempted to – I mean, I, I think the other night's a great example – I actually don't think that that line was clicking nearly as well as they had the night, the previous game against the St. Louis blues, but they were still littered all over the score sheet. So (laughs) in the games when they're not going and they can put up that many, think of how they can be and how they can be performing when they're all on their game at the same time. So uh, you can find my vote is keep them together and let them roll as the number one line. And then, you know, you got to, you got to get production from Shifley and Wheeler and, and whoever's with them. I mean, right now, obviously it's still Stasty and, uh, the third line has the ability as well, and uh, the fourth line is, can give you some good shifts as well. I mean, they, the Jets, it's so strange, right, Huss? They go from thin up front to incredibly deep, like with the snap of a finger, right? So which team is it going to be? I mean, is it going to be the team that has scored only two or fewer in almost half their games? Or is it the team that scored five or more in 15 of those games, right? Including, I think, three of their last eight. I mean, it's been a bizarre sequence. The Jets have gone from a bottom third goal scoring team to middle of the pack. And I mean, just the way they're going now, we know it's tougher to score goals in the final quarter of the year. Us Yet they're still finding ways. Again, that was a depleted Vegas Golden Knights roster. I watched the game last night. They were much better. But now they lost Jack Eichel to what looks like a hand injury. How long he's out, we're not sure. So uh, it's a massive weekend for the Jets. We know that the point fluctuation has been, you know, up and down. Obviously, Dallas got an important victory in overtime yesterday, Vegas winning. So it's very, I mean, Nate Schmidt said it today. I mean, among the many incredible things, including uh, get the T-shirt uh, machine printed up, Remo, emotional range of a spoon. I want to see that on a T-shirt. <laughs> uh, that, that's one of, the th- one of the things you had to love about Nate Schmidt's commentary today. Uh, and the other one, uh, making jokes about the temperature. But I mean, you know, in between the jokes, Nate said, hey, the Jets have 21 games left. They feel like it's in their power to chase down those teams. And now it's only three teams they got to chase down instead of five. It's still an uphill battle. There's no doubt about that. But, I mean, a couple mm-hmm. more six, two, and one stretches. And now all of a sudden that last, uh, you know, that last six or seven games of the season, that last road trip, and then that last three-game homestand, 
boy, oh boy, they have the potential to uh, to be high drama, which is another thing that Nate Schmidt prefers to keep out of his life when it comes to his television shows. But I can assure you, Nate Schmidt would love to see the high drama of the Jets being in a playoff race from games 75 to 82. Two quickies before uh, I know you got to run. One one thing we haven't talked a lot about because we've been so into the games up and down and we knew that it didn't start very well for Dave Lowry, but uh, what do you make of Dave Lowry's situation going into the rest of this season? I mean, uh, where is he? How likely is he to return? What needs to happen if Dave Lowry is going to be the head coach next season, in in your opinion? You know my views on Dave Lowry. I think he is more than capable of handling the job. I think that he's uh, done a nice job of bringing some additional structure. Uh, Is there still room for improvement defensively? Of course. But that, to me, is more to do with puck management than any systems or skill sets that the Jets uh, have. Most of their wounds have been self-inflicted. Can they sell it to the fans if they don't make the playoffs? That's a fair question, Huss. And and, uh, that... Does Dave have to make the playoffs? I don't know. Only Mark Chipman and Kevin Sheveldayoff know that answer for sure. Uh, I think that if the Jets play that the way that they have over this last nine-game stretch, I think it's a much easier sell. I think Dave is more than capable. He's a very bright guy. Uh, he's doing a nice job. He is, you know, bringing you know a workmanlike attitude. I mean, it, it certainly. Speaking of Andrew Kopas, it certainly sounded to me with the lawn chair commentary that he's enjoying the penalty kill under Dave Lowry. <laughs> Well, that um, was a, as I tweeted that yesterday. That was an all-timer, Huss. Top you, you 10 for sure. I mean, maybe top five player comment in Jets 2.0 history. I mean, I laughed out loud at that one. Oh, it was bang on. Uh, <clears throat> but again, in terms of <clears throat> does he have to make the playoffs to, to get the job? I don't know. I mean, I think he is more than capable. I think there would be lots of players in that room that would be giving him a full endorsement. Is that every player? Again, you almost never get the full support of all the players uh, when it comes to that, I mean, it depends who else is available. It depends how the Jets finish. Uh, and I'm not trying to be on the fence. Huss. I think that Dave Lowry could easily be the next head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. But there are other factors at play, including one that you mentioned, uh, how the fan base would respond at the ticket counter. So what I can tell you is that if the Jets stay in the race till the very end, I mean, what's the difference if you miss by two points or make it by one? Right. I mean, the coach did the same kind of job. Right. Unless the Jets fall off, the fall flat on their faces then I think it's an easy decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also depends on the other candidates that are out there and what the Jets are looking for. I mean, that that those would be other things to consider. But the folks that say that Dave Lowry is just a facsimile of Paul Maurice, that's simply just not accurate. I mean, they would have some views that are aligned similarly, yes, but uh, they're not fully aligned and they only spent one year together. So uh, I think that there have been some tweaks to the way the Jets play. And we know there have been tweaks to how the ice time has been distributed. So... Uh, some of it is personnel-related, Huss. I think the Jets have some big decisions coming up in the offseason on that front as well. But, man, oh, man, much like every year, this would be a real interesting year to be a fly on the wall in the exit meetings. Uh, and that would tell you a big story. And and how the players respond in those meetings could tell the tale when it comes to the future of Dave Lowry. But, um, I mean, for all the folks that are saying the Jets should get somebody like Daryl Sutter, they have somebody like Daryl Sutter. He's behind the bench right now. Uh, and he's doing you know, the best job that he possibly can right now. So That'll be an interesting thing for us to talk about. Listen, I know we've got less than a minute. This is not buffet time. This is just <laughs> an appetizer. Very quickly, what are you hearing about Nathan Smith? I know that he's a finalist for the Hobie Baker. Yeah, it's a great question, Huss. I mean, I know that this is someone the Jets want to get signed, and I would imagine they'd like to get him. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that Smith's camp would like to burn that first year of the ELC. Uh, I'm sure the Jets would like to get him on a moose rock. I mean, if they're, I don't know that he can be a full timer and help the Jets down the stretch. That depends on who moves out. 
but I'm sure they'd love to have him for a Calder Cup run with the Manitoba Moose uh, as soon as he's done. I mean, I, I expect, I mean, their team is still very solid, right? So they would like to go in terms of as late as the final Frozen Four as possible, uh, but it, it would be a priority to get him signed for sure. Um, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I've been given no indication to think otherwise, but I would imagine there's a path for the for those two parties to uh, get together. But I mean, too, all of a sudden, I mean, we know that the Jack McBain is a guy the Jets are also interested in. Uh, how does that play out over the next five day or three or four days here? Could they bring in both McBain and Smith? I mean, man, it would be interesting. Your your, your uh, forward depth certainly changes. Uh, when you bring in a Hobie Baker finalist and a, a six foot four center who uh, was over a point a game player this year uh, and put up career highs in both goals and points. So uh, it'll be interesting to monitor how those situations, uh, un- you know, kind of unfold here in the coming days as well, for sure. Well, looking forward to hearing you and Rennie get after it tonight after the game and again on Sunday. And uh, we're going to do an extended show, depending on what your schedule is like. Maybe you can jump on for a bit. We'll certainly talk to you at some point on next week as well. Kenny, thanks for doing this and uh, have a great one tonight with Rennie. And by the way, folks, make sure you check out yesterday's show with John Shannon. One of my most interesting long-form ones you guys had done. It was great. And uh, now a lot of people from here popped over and uh, were enthralled for the full hour. Have a great weekend, Weber. Thanks for doing this. My pleasure, Hudson. Yeah, we, thanks for sending the folks over. They definitely seem to enjoy themselves. And uh, man, uh, I'm guessing you may be talking about the Las Vegas Raiders uh, with the hacksaw <laughs> right now. Uh, quite a quite a move for uh, Josh Daniel or McDaniel's, who, as you know, I have a, a great deal of respect yeah. for. And also, big news with Adam Thielen uh, restructuring his contract in Minnesota. So, uh, have a great weekend as well. Thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for the plug. Have a tremendous weekend. Right on. Thanks so much, Ken. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Weebs World and make sure you check out Kenny and Rennie tonight after the gang, along with our friends over at Illegal Curve. All right. You heard it. Hacksaw is coming up next. My God, what a crazy week in the National Football League. We have to get to that. Marble's coming up in a few minutes as well, so make sure to stay with us. Uh, big shout out to our friends at Princess Auto. The, uh, Remus and I have been talking all week. These Princess Auto curling reports continue to get crazier. Yesterday it was Jen Jones teaming up with the Zacharias rink. Today, Brendan Botcher's rink, who prior to this year had been to four straight Briar finals. They're splitting up. Um, and apparently, I think next week there's going to be some wild news on the men's side, much similar to what we've seen with the uh, with the women. Of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsor of Team McEwen and Jen Jones Squad, and the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. And for you folks that are out in the west part of Manitoba, Sunday, March 20th, the Princess Auto Grey Cup Tour comes to Brandon. They'll be stopping by the Brandon location with Buzz Boomer, the Grey Cup, and Brandon Alexander, and Grey Cup merchandise will be sold. So Brandon, Sunday, Princess Auto, pop down and join them. And of course, you can shop at princessauto.com 24-7, 365, and join them at two Winnipeg locations. Um, we also do want to give a big shout out to our friends at Boston Pizza. Made up to pop by BP before or after the game tonight down at City Place. If you're not heading to the game, gather with your friends at your local Boston Pizza Lounge. Check out the Big Jets Bruins game tonight and enjoy those gourmet pizzas, Boston wings, ice cold schooners, and more. And you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. And the weekend is here. I mentioned that there was probably a few little brown jugs enjoyed last night. There certainly will be this weekend. Pop by the Tap Room down on William Avenue, now open Tuesday through Sunday, 12 to 11 on Fridays and Saturdays. You can pick up all those great beers. You can try all seven at Little Brown Jug. 
And wherever you are in the city, you can usually find an ice cold 1919 to make your day a little better. Little Brown Jug, William Avenue, and online at littlebrownjug.ca. All right, Marble's coming up in a few minutes, as I mentioned, but right now it's Friday afternoon. Let's hit the notebook with Lee Hacksaw Hamilton from the award-winning website, leehacksawhamilton.com. Lee, I think you know where we're starting. It's the AFC West against everybody right now. This is shaping up to be one of the best divisions in NFL history. Uh, What was your reaction to the massive deal yesterday with the Raiders getting Devontae Adams just a day after Aaron Rodgers signed his massive extension in Green Bay? Nice to chat with you, Andrew. Here's the reality. I see your Kansas City Chiefs, how great they are. I raise you Russell Wilson in Denver, Khalil Mack with the Chargers, and then obviously what just happened in Las Vegas with Devontae Adams. Uh, Can you top that? Uh, AFC West, no place for the timid when the season starts. Would not want to be a defensive coordinator in this division. It is amazing the currency and the capital that these teams have used to make these transactions uh, come together. Uh, If we go player by player, Devontae Adams, I don't understand. Uh, Green Bay offered him the franchise tag. On Wednesday, he informed them he would not play under the franchise tag. You better make me the contract offer. They made him a contract offer. He shopped it, went to Las Vegas. Green Bay came back and said, we'll match that. He said, no, I'm gone. I guess what I don't understand is you're leaving Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Fame quarterback, to go play with Derek Carr. Good guy, good quarterback, not a Hall of Famer. You're leaving Matt LaFleur 39-13 and in three years in Green Bay with real chemistry with that quarterback to go play for Josh McDaniels. Yeah, he did a lot of good things as a coordinator, but he was a failure as a head coach. And there's great uncertainty as to what he'll do there. And you're leaving a really good Green Bay franchise to go to a Raiders franchise that's always changing players and reaching for the next shiny object that's it's on, on the desk. I just don't understand Devontae Adams. Uh, yes, he got a mega payday, but Green Bay said they'd match it. And so there must be something deeper and more personal of a relationship with Aaron Rodgers as to why he opted out to go to uncertainty or lack of continuity with the Raiders compared to what he had in Green Bay. So I, I really found that one really, really strange. You know, it certainly was a, uh, I mean, you know, the NFL, no matter what, it's, everyone's into March Madness, and it's like Roger Goodell saying, hey, everyone, let's remind everyone who's out. Let's, uh, let's get this thing going right now, and it's all back to it. I can't wait to see what some of the odds are like for the AFC West. I mean, this is, I mean, it is as fascinating decision, d- division as we'll see and I wouldn't be surprised if they're smart. Make every AFC West game a primetime game at some point this season and watch the ratings follow. By the way, thanks to Brad Roy. Nice super chat. Got the chance to drop by again. New pupper eating me alive, catching up on the dime drop. Howdy all. Breathe, Kenny, breathe. Brad, thanks very much for it. Um, What outside? I mean, we've talked a lot about quarterbacks. Mitch Trubisky's now in Pittsburgh right now. Um, But Deshaun Watson... And the Baker Mayfield situation in Cleveland, um, uh, where's this all going to end up in your mind, Lee? Well, I think in the next 48 hours, Deshaun Watson will have to decide uh, because the new business year is kicking in and his $35 million contract kicks in this season. Remember, he sat all last year 
as the investigation all sexual misconduct charges continued and his cap number was only 10 million but but his cap number is now going to be 35 million effective this coming monday uh he's narrowed the field down he has told carolina he does not want to come home and i thought that would be the destination point because he played at clemson and right across the line in south carolina i thought going to to Charlotte with the Panthers made sense. I didn't understand Cleveland getting in the mix, but now it's it's now down to two, and that's Atlanta, and that's New Orleans. New Orleans doesn't have a legitimate quarterback because Jameis Winston is on the street as a free agent coming off knee surgery. And Atlanta's got Matt Ryan, and there's a massive cap issue there, even though he restructured. Uh, they've got a, a window till Tuesday for Atlanta to make a decision on bonus money, guarantee for next season, or whether they just flat trade the guy. And what an insult that would be to Matt Ryan, who's a really good guy and has been the leader of that team and did take him to the Super Bowl. Of course, it's all falling apart around him because the organization hasn't done a good job. So Deshaun is on the clock. He's got to decide. And we still don't know what the league is going to do. They have not interviewed Deshaun Watson yet. Uh, the NFL has continued this long, stretched-out investigation into the sexual misconduct lawsuits. They have interviewed 10 of the 22 women, but they've not decided whether he's free to play or whether he's going to go on the commissioner's exemplist. My gut feel, whoever trades for him, is probably going to look at a quarterback who's going to be suspended for six games. Whether he was not charged with anything, but this is really ugly. And they, these violations of the personal code of conduct. And, you know, if you go back and if you look at the history of the NFL, I mean, dating back to Ben Roethlisberger as a young quarterback in Pittsburgh, he got six games for a, a sexual misconduct situation. You remember the uh, the Kareem uh, Hill uh, incident with the running back uh, in Kansas City, Kareem Hunt, I should say, with the running back in Kansas City. Uh, obviously, the running back in, in Baltimore, Ray Rice, lost his career because of what he did. So I think there will be some form of discipline, but uh, I'm not sure whether he winds up in New Orleans. They have the most desperate need. Uh, Atlanta, uh, they can emotionally divorce themselves from Matt Ryan after everything he's done remains to be seen. The Cleveland storyline, well, I, it, I guess it points to the dysfunction of how the Browns to do the business. How do you let this information get out that you're talking to Houston about Deshaun Watson? Well, you got Baker Mayfield under one year of contract. Now he wants out. I don't think he's got a big bargaining chip, but obviously now, Andrew, there's, there's a fracture between his relationship with the people upstairs in the facility in Berea, Ohio. And I don't know how they patch that. And I don't know if he's a superstar quarterback. I think he manages games. He makes plays. He makes mistakes. And then he gutted it out all last year. He played and he was hurt. So, you know, we're not we're not done there. And then the, the wild card in the whole equation is what does Indianapolis do? You know, a week ago today, we were talking about Carson Wentz being traded. Uh, and, and now Indianapolis has got a black hole at quarterback. Do they get into the mix for Baker Mayfield? Can Frank Wright fix whatever is not right with the young Browns quarterback. Uh, does I was told Indianapolis has either brought Jameis Winston in for a physical or has done a Zoom call to talk about him. Are they going to take him? Will Reich take on that challenge saying, hey, I can stop all the turnovers while he's throwing all the touchdown passes because that's been Jameis Winston's history of, of quarterbacking. And then you got Jimmy Garoppolo, who's still out there. Is coming off the shoulder surgery, but nobody may see him on the field till July at the earliest. So I'm not going to say damaged goods, but there's now a great unknown quantity as to how he comes back from the rehab uh, with the labrum surgery. So well, there's still a lot of stuff out there as quarterback derby turns. I think the first domino has to be Deshaun Watson, and then we'll see other teams 
get into scramble mode. And what complicates all this, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, is maybe only one quarterback in the first round of the draft, and that's Kenny Pickett from Pitt. And there's no guarantee he's ready to play in the National Football League either, unless you force him on the field. So, yeah, a lot of quarterback dominoes are about to fall, but I think Watson's the first one. And who knows what the league office is going to tell the club that trades for him, although if I were general manager, I would expect a six-game suspension. Um, just before we move on, uh, as far as D- Deshaun goes, I mean, what can Houston expect to get back for him? I mean, it's a unique situation, but the bottom line is these teams believe that he can be a franchise quarterback, and that's incredibly valuable. I mean, what is it going to take to get the rights to Watson, whether it's the Falcons or the Saints? I would say you're you're dealing for damaged goods, so therefore you can't stand on the street corner with the sandwich boards that says, give me three number one draft picks, because <laughs> he's going to get disciplined. I firmly believe that. But it, it might be two number one picks and a veteran player. Uh, Houston seems to think that the kid from quarter, a quarterback from Stanford, Davis Mills, he was pretty competitive in a pretty wretched situation last year. And if you put better players around him, maybe there's something there that nobody else saw about this kid's talent level. Uh, I don't think they'd take Matt Ryan back because he'd eat up a lot of cont- uh, uh, salary cap space from Atlanta. And if you're dealing with New Orleans, you're just you're going to get players, maybe a veteran pass rusher or obviously multiple number one picks. So fascinating to see. But the price tag, what they wanted, is probably not going to be the price tag that they're going to get just because he's going to have a nameplate that says, I've been disciplined by the NFL around his neck. Speaking of price tags, uh, we knew it was going to be a big one for Freddie Freeman. He moves from the World Series champion Atlanta Braves to the Dodgers. I mean, half their starting lineup has been MVPs. Um, What do you make of the free agency moves around the league, as well as the big swing by the Blue Jays? Lots of excitement north of the border about the Jays right now, getting uh, Matt Chapman out of Oakland for four pieces in a trade league. Busy week in baseball. Yeah, if you've read my website, you know that I cover all this. My head was going to blow off my shoulders this week because <laughs> my left hand was trying to cover everything that was going on in the NFL and free agency. There were 60 free agent signings in the first three days. There's 106 players have now changed teams in the NFL in four days. And in Major League Baseball, uh, we've had uh, 60 free agents also change teams in a span of a couple days. And we've had like five major trades. So my head's spinning. There's so much going on. Freddie Freeman makes a lot of sense. Six-year contract, quality first baseman, tremendous clutch player, unbelievable postseason statistics, emotional leader in the clubhouse, and good citizen. And by the way, he's coming home. He's from Orange, California, just down the road from Dodger Stadium. And yeah, you tell me, smart guy, smart guy talk show host, please tell me who you're going to pitch around in the Dodger batting order <laughs> now. It's un- it's unbelievable. And although they may, may be a pitcher short in the starting rotation, if they're scoring nine runs a game, I guess it's not going to mean very much. So uh, that, was, that was a heck of an acquisition. That made a lot of sense to me. Disappointed in Atlanta and Liberty Media, which made all this money. And, the you know, the story just leaked out that they made $111 million profit last year with the Braves, the World Series champion. And they just they, they shortchanged Freddie Freeman in the negotiations, and then they traded Matt Olson. They gave Matt Olson a ton of money. Uh, so Freeman to L.A. makes an enormous amount of sense. What doesn't make sense to me are the, a couple of other free agent signings. Please explain to me Chris Bryant, who is a rock-solid established major leaguer, why he would go to Colorado after we spent all last summer, you and I chatted about this in Winnipeg, all last summer watching the Colorado Rockies rip apart their franchise. Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, John Gray. 
why would he go except for the payday? He's going to hit a bunch of home runs. There's no doubt about it. He'll do some damage up there at Coors Field. But they're not going to bleep and win. And the other strange one was, was at Wrigley Field in Chicago. They signed the Japanese slugger, Seiya Suzuki. Uh, he's got 128 home runs in four years in Japan, 317 hitter, really good glove as a corner outfielder. At the last minute, and I'm prejudiced because we thought he was coming to San Diego to join a really good Padres team that has now lost Fernando Tatis. Suzuki would have been a great bat in a lineup surrounded by great bats. Why do you go to Chicago except for the payday? You go to Chicago, they have no chance of winning. You look at their starting rotation and tell me if you trust that. And this is a franchise that got rid of Chris Bryant and traded away Anthony Rizzo and, and let Soler get away. So I just don't understand Suzuki's thinking, except he's just gone for a payday. I think these guys, Bryant would have been much better in San Diego. Suzuki would have been much better with the Padres rather than where they wound up, except they took the money and ran. Yeah, well, Bryant, I think he's got his World Series ring. He's going to go mash homers and uh, enjoy some of the more liberal laws in the state of Cal Colorado, I'm sure, and uh, live happily ever after. Lee Hacksaw Hamilton is with us. Make sure you check out his incredible website, LeeHacksawHamilton.com, for more of this. Normally, we talk NFL. We'll get the Major League Baseball, but Lee... We're going into the trade deadline. We've been focusing in on the Winnipeg Jets around here. There's already been some moves, but let's talk quickly about the teams that you cover most closely, the Southern California teams, Kings looking to add, and man, the Anaheim Ducks have for sale signs up on just about every player on their team, not named Zegris or Drysdale. Well, in terms of the Kings, I think Rob Blake and his people have done a really good job. I mean, there's nothing wrong with your eyesight. Don't adjust your TV set. The Kings are in second place in the Pacific Division. And they've really stockpiled a lot of depth and shuttling young guys back and forth to the AHL team up the road here in Ontario. They look really good. And, and Peterson in goal has become a rock-solid guy. I'm not going to say he's totally replaced Jonathan Quick, but he's rock-solid. I don't think they're going to do much at the deadline because they think they got a lot of working capital. And they got a lot of young kids that they're just bringing along, led by Quentin Byfield, who's had injury bugs. Uh, the Ducks, they were in first place about a month ago. And it's always been a challenge for them to score goals. And now they have a new general manager. And I, I fear for the, the longevity of the coach, Dallas Aikens, who I like a lot. He motivates. He teaches systems well. He's done a pretty decent job with no goal scoring around him. And the Ducks have just been choked by a lot of bad veteran contracts. Uh, I, I think there are more trades coming. They just moved Manson to Colorado. Um, I don't know which one's going to go, whether it's Adam Enrique. Uh, whether it's going to be Ricard Raquel or whether it's going to be Jacob Silverberg. I just, I think they're probably going to try to just move guys, move payroll, uh, get well beneath the cap, stockpile more draft picks, and then build. They've got, they've got a bunch of young goal scorers down here in the American Hockey League in San Diego. They're just not ready to play at the NHL level. So, and I fear for Dallas Aikens. I mean, you got a new general manager, Pat Verbeek's coming in. He, he has no attachment to the past. His job responsibility is to fix the franchise. If he has to trade all the guys he inherited, he just might do it. And if he boots the coach, he'll feel bad about, uh, then he'll probably go get his own coach there. So I think there's a lot of turmoil because the Ducks right now have gone from being in first place to tumble right out of the race because they just, they just can't score any goals. I think by the time we get to dinner on Monday night, John Gibson may be standing in goal by himself with a bunch of new players around him wearing name tags. I, I think there's a big shakeup coming there in Anaheim.
Lee, uh, Remus, thanks very much for being on top of this and sending this over. I thought we were finished talking NFL, but apparently not. Get this, Lee. This is just one minute ago on Twitter from Adam Schefter, verified account. Deshaun Watson has decided he wants to play for the Cleveland Browns in a stunning change of events per sources. Watson has informed the Texans that he is now willing to waive the no-trade clause in his contract to be dealt to Cleveland. It is now up to the Texans and Browns to finalize a trade agreement for Deshaun Watson. Uh, wow. Live reaction, That's... Hacksaw, right on the air. What do you think? Right right, right off the, uh, the bat to me, uh, it, it, it's stunning. But remember this. I was told Houston would not allow Deshaun Watson to visit any of these teams, do any Zoom calls with anybody, unless a deal had already been made in advance in terms of what was coming and going. So it must mean to me that Baker Mayfield is going to go to Houston as part of this contingent with high draft picks for Deshaun Watson. It'd be great for Cleveland if they got him. Uh, you know, uh, my friend Chris Mortensen from ESPN tweeted early in the week when this Mayfield stuff leaked out, the Cleveland quote wanted an adult in the quarterback room. I think they were tired of Mayfield's act and, and how he prepared or how he didn't prepare and how he played under pressure. Watson is a real proven commodity. So if that's the deal that's coming down, Baker Mayfield is going to be out of Cleveland. He'll go to Houston. You know, he's going back to the state of Texas, but that's not a good situation in Houston because that's a ragtag roster that they have. But like I said, one domino falls, a whole bunch of other things that won't happen right after. I found that I found that comment from Mort. I mean, and listen, I'm not disputing that he got that from the Browns organization, but that seemed like almost character assassination of Bear Baker Mayfield. You want an adult? These are the people that put up with Johnny freaking Manzelli before Baker came there. And let's not forget, he's like 15 months removed from beating the Steelers in the playoffs. And you're talking about adult and then bringing in Deshaun Watson, who's been accused well, me, of monkey business by 22 different women? I mean, that whole well, thing me, doesn't compute to me. Yeah, just let me give me a quick response. That might not have come from somebody in management. That might have come from a teammate. Uh, and again, we all have different sources in locker rooms who yep. will tell us stuff off the record anonymously. I got friends that text me and say, can't stand the hoodies that you wear. But uh, <laughs> you know, at the end... I'm sorry, but at the at the end of the day, uh, the league must must know what what they're going to inherit. I don't know if the league has told Cleveland that if you make this deal, he sits for six. But that's been the common discipline for guys that do stuff off the field outside of what Ray Rice did. Uh, so so maybe Cleveland's willing to accept a six game suspension, or maybe maybe the league has told Cleveland, no, we won't do anything because nothing was charged. Maybe they're just going to fine them a uh, million dollars. Uh, so there, there must be some behind the curtain information that the Browns have gotten that go ahead and make this deal. And Baker goes home. I mean, he's from Texas, played at Oklahoma. I get, you know, he probably needs a change of address. But uh, if I'm Baker Mayfield, I think I feel pretty bad because now I've gone from a Browns team that built themselves into something good to an awful situation with the Houston Texans who just, I dare you to pull up their depth chart and tell me you're impressed with the roster that they've put together there, even with a new coach coming in. Lee, this has been awesome. Uh, well, I can't wait to hook up next week for uh, post-NHL trade deadline. More in the NFL. We'll get a little closer to first pitch in Major League Baseball. It's a lot going on, and uh, I know you'll be very busy updating LeeHacksawHamilton.com all weekend and through next week. Yeah, I appreciate it. As I tell a lot of my friends, 
give me 10 minutes on my website every day. I'll give you the world of sports. And then you can call Andrew and tell him what he doesn't know. Hey, good to talk to you. Hustle up, be well. Have a great weekend, Saw. There he is, the one and only Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Check out the website, leehacksawhamilton.com, and follow him on Twitter at Hacksaw. 1090. Hey, shout out to DQ Nick. I did. I'm not sure if DQ Nick's still around here, but uh, great to have him in the chat today. Of course, a great sponsor of ours with the Nick and Nikki DQ group mentioned. I popped by the DQ Polo Park, one of their four locations yesterday, along with the Orange Julius out there in the mall. There are other locations of the DQ in Niverville, DQ Northgate and DQ St. Anne's. Um, pop by, check out that red velvet blizzard they've got going on right now. Check out the amazing new and improved grill burgers. And of course, if you're looking for a DQ ice cream cake, Nick and Nikki DQ is the place to be. If you want to order it in advance, you can give them a call or hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Let them know what you want. They'll get it ready for you to pick up at any of the four Nick and Nikki DQ locations. And we will have a cake as part of the marble festivities coming up in just a couple minutes here on the program and speaking of marbles our great friends at canadian club have been with us and sponsoring our prizing for the marble races we've got another one of these sweet winnipeg sports talk cc collab hoodies to give away and we'll also have a uh, um, dq ice cream cake coming up in just a couple seconds so don't go anywhere if you're with us live on youtube right now um CC is on sale right now, both the original and the 12-year reserve at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And we're just a couple weeks away from the official launch of the ready-to-drink mixed cocktails, Canadian Club and Ginger, an all-time classic. That'll be available shortly. And next month, when you buy Canadian Club at your local Manitoba Liquor Mart, you'll get a free CC and Ginger to try. Should be great. All right. Cool bet lines coming up. Let's quickly bring Michael Remus in here for a minute. Um... Remo, holy smokes, that was one of our best segments with Hacksaw ever. We had so much to talk about. And then the Schefter news drops right at the end of the program. We got some live reaction from Saw about another crazy turn of events. This NFL offseason has been absolutely wild. The Devontae Adams trade yesterday, and now Deshaun Watson going to the Browns. What happens to Baker Mayfield? Follow from that. So there's definitely... Uh, a lot of news. I think Schefter knew that Hacksaw was on with you, so he decided to drop the bomb then and uh, get Hacksaw's reaction uh, on stream. So appreciate it, Shefty. Appreciate it, Shefty. Yeah. All right, we got to get to the cool bet lines, but why don't we first off open up the uh, marble competition? Um, for folks that have not been with us before, this is how we finish up every week on Winnipeg Sports Talk. We've got a hoodie to give away. We've got a DQ ice cream cake. Uh, as soon as you see, okay, it's officially open. All you got to do is go into the chat, put exclamation mark marbles. When you do that, you'll get a marble in the race. We'll get that going in just a second. Uh, you've got a couple minutes to enter while we get to the cool bet lines. For tonight in the National Hockey League, we have a five-game slate. Carolina, minus 169 favorite over the Capitals. The Sens, minus 141 over Philly. I do like Ottawa in that game. The Jets now, with the news that Patrice Bergeron is out, have dropped to a slight favor or a slight underdog. They were a much bigger underdog before. Minus 103 for Winnipeg at home. Boston is minus 115. The Florida Panthers coming off that loss to the Knights last night. They're in Anaheim, a heavy road favorite. Minus 208 despite playing on the second end of back-to-backs. Ducks at home, plus 173. And the final uh, pick of the night, Colorado. 
at San Jose, Colorado minus 278, minus 105 on the puck line to win by two. Uh, lots of things going on right now that you can bet on. Of course, March Madness continues. Paying close attention to this Yale-Purdue game. Uh, it's a 28-point spread. Uh, but again, that's why they make point spreads. So games that are 28 points are still entertaining going forward. Ohio State did win already today. A little bit later on, shortly, the next game up is Notre Dame and Alabama. Uh, Texas and Virginia Tech, very tight game. Just a one-and-a-half-point spread. A little later on, Duke takes on Cal State. They're minus 18-and-a-half. And the Arizona Wildcats, a number one seed in their uh, in their bracket, 21 and a half point favorites by a team called Wright State Raiders. Uh, whether it's March Madness, soccer, the tennis on the weekend, Formula One gets going on this week. It's all there at CoolBet. If you haven't played a CoolBet before, use the promo code WST when you sign up and make your first deposit and we'll double your first deposit up to $200 over at CoolBet. All right. Uh, oh, and by the way, speaking of cool bet, Dusty and I had a very fun edition of the Lock Shop earlier today. If you missed that, go back to my Twitter. You can see the video replay on it, or kindly get onto wherever you're getting the podcast and put in Lock Shop. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on a Spotify. All right, Remus is back in here. I think we've seen a lot of people throw in the marbles. Let's do just a quick last call. If you haven't already, what are you waiting for? It's free. It's fun. All you got to do is put in exclamation mark marbles. Uh, we'll give you 10 seconds or so. And by the way, Remus doing an expert job. You do have to be subscribed to win. So if you haven't already, make sure you've hit that red subscribe button on the Winnipeg Sports Talk YouTube page and make sure you give the episode a thumbs up. Uh, and if you're watching later on, do us a favor. Always helps out if you make a comment uh, below on the episode. We always appreciate your feedback on the program. All right, Remo, let's, uh, let's close it up. Sure. Let's get them all into the lineup. We'll throw in one for Hustler. We'll throw in one for Remus. Uh, let's throw one in for Hacksaw today. We'll throw in one for Kenny. And uh, let's throw one in for Dave. We can just put fourth period for Dave's sure. marble. We had um, some requests also to throw one in for uh, Razor Ramon. You know what? Great job. Great job. Razor sure. Ramon gets a marble today as well. Again, if any of our added marbles win, uh, we'll just go to the second place finisher. So this is how it's going to work today, folks. Uh, we do have some new hoodies in from our friends uh, that we've teamed up with our friends at Canadian Club. Hoodie for the winner. Um, Hopefully you're in Winnipeg, so you can actually come and pick it up. And the DQ ice cream cake, I saw Rob Mahoney mention this. I love doing this way. The last marble across the line. If you get thrown over the top rope, if you get eliminated, you're out. But the last finishing marble will be the marble that wins the DQ ice cream cake. So uh, if you did find out that you won. Oh, and by the way, exclamation mark marbles, Justin Fung. I know we've been waiting to get your mediums in. Those are here right now. Um, maybe if you want to pick them up after the show, we can do that. Or potentially on Saturday, send us an email. I'll get back to you and we can set up a time for you to pop by to WSTHQ and grab those. And of course, whoever wins today uh, might be able to make that for you happen uh, very quickly, tur quick turnaround, because we do have the marbles ready to go. So again, last place marble is the DQ ice cream cake. First place marble gets the hoodie. And if it is one of our selves or our guest winning, 
we will give away the prize to the second place finisher. Uh, all right, CTO, how are we looking for the race and uh, where are we going today? I'm almost done. I'm getting them all entered into the thing. There was one person whose name didn't show up. So if you um, don't have like text as your name and it's an emoji, it didn't get inputted. So I don't know who that is, but if you want to type in chat, hey, and I put their name in as emoji in brackets. So your entry didn't count. You get Excellent. what I'm saying there, Hus? I don't really get what you're saying. I'm trying to understand how someone's <laughs> so, name could be an emoji. I, don't know. I have no idea. So some person has their username on YouTube as just an emoji, I'm guessing, and it didn't get oh. picked it didn't get picked up by um, the the thing that grabs the Well, entries. listen, that's not your fault. What can you do about it? Yeah, uh, it might be, you that's know, right. next that time you fault. might you might need to tweak you might need to tweak your name next time for the marbles to actually have something we can identify it other than uh you know essentially like when prince changed his name to a symbol and we didn't know what to call him we don't know what to call you in the marble race so uh that is what it is all right things are closed we're getting everything we're getting everything in ready to drop the marbles to finish off another uh, great week on winnipeg sports talk and walremus does that <clears throat> let me tell you monday we're gonna get going early um so heads up this is the great time to make sure you turn on your notifications so you'll know when we're going live outside of our regular times monday will be one of those days i know rewiki's gonna come by we'll probably just sort of play it by ear and see what happens um you know throughout the day with trades um and a number of our regulars whether it be kenny and mike and Rennie, we'll try and you know reach out to some of the guys for some instant reactions outside of uh, all the duties that they have for their respective gigs covering the Winnipeg Jets. But that's Monday. We're probably going to start about noon. So just make sure, turn your notifications on and make sure you are there for us coming up a little bit later on. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's, get, uh, let's get to it, Remo. Yeah, hold on one sec. I have been also joking that if there's no trades, we're just going to sit here and open up packs of the new Upper Deck uh series one funny you say that i still have a box here that oh, i've been see. i have been trying not to open and let's see if i can make it through the weekend and yes if it is a dull trade deadline day we will do a live opening of uh of this box shout out to dan milburn the king of cards here by the way speaking of dan i didn't know that he popped in for any of you that are interested in um evan hunter shout out welcome to being a supporter of winnipeg sports talk thanks a lot folks great stuff um there's a card show i believe tomorrow and you can follow dan dan's the earl of eli um over on twitter um an incredible resource for cards and i think he said he's setting up a booth at the event over at the park theater tomorrow afternoon so if you're into cards and uh, i know there's going to be a bunch of wrestling memorabilia at this thing as well i think it's two bucks to get in over at the park theater i might pop by sounds like something cool to see i'm sort of getting more back into cards lately certainly love the new upper deck stuff and uh, always love collecting cool yeah. winnipeg jets cards like the sammy niku logan stanley rookie card oh, right you there. got that of course I got that. I does told it, you I ordered that. that. That's the first thing I ever bought on eBay. Right it, there. Does it say his nickname? Stanzilla, Stanimal. <laughs> Stanimale? Stanimale. Uh, Mike <laughs> McIntyre was asking, was asking what name he prefers. He says he gets a kick out of all of them. We do have some a Logan Stanley emote, too, if you want to. Anyone ever wants to drop that in chat. There it is, you know. There it is. Way to go, Evan. Way yeah. to go. 
Um, and folks, oh, wrestling stuff to 10 to 4. There's Dan. What up, Dan? What? It's at the Park Theater. So, what wrestling uh, stuff? Just like probably figures, merchandise, maybe. You, hey, maybe you'll get an upgrade on that title belt that, uh, that you've got. I do have a title belt. I always wanted like a, one of the real ones. They're really expensive. But I do have, a, I do have an NWO shirt upstairs. I should have worn it uh, this week. Oh, Kenny's Water Bottle says, let me know if you ever wear that Hitman sunglasses. Yeah, hit, Kenny's Water Bottle sent me uh, some autographed Hitman sunglasses. I need to get them like framed with a picture. I'm I'm too nervous. Well, you have two of them, them, so you can frame one of them and have the other one to wear. I mean, you know what? Maybe maybe Monday for the trade deadline show. Oh, if man. there's any like a really cool trade or a big trade, Remus will put the yeah. glasses <laughs> on for a little bit and entertain you all while we wait for more deals to come. Hey, Kenny's got or sorry, Rennie's got Sean's headband. I can do the hit. I'll wear the Hitman glasses for a big take or something I'll just go like that. Like. absolutely absolutely <laughs> that's where we're done shout out to kenny's water bottle that was a pretty cool gift that you sent over yeah. to our buddy uh michael remus all right let's do some marbles we're past three o'clock we've got a big game tonight hopefully we'll see some of you down at the arena can't wait for this one always cool when boston comes in don't have a ton of friday night games everyone's in a bit better of a mood with uh some of the restrictions loosening and that the weather getting nicer we've been waiting a long time for this and uh hey been some fun games at the arena as of late for the Winnipeg Jets. We'll see what they can do tonight against the Bruins. But that will wait for 7 o'clock. Right now is what you've been waiting for, and that is the Winnipeg Sports Talk Friday afternoon marble race. Remo, set it up for us. Ah, yes, the amazing Tristan Rivers music with the Marble Race intro. Shout out to Candace Jane as well for her help on that. And I did see Winnipeg Jets Forever says, I'll see you at the Observation Deck Bar, Haas. Yep, yeah, I'll probably be outside 316, that corner bar intermission. So uh, pop by and say hi. Hopefully we'll all be in good spirits watching a great game. Uh, all right, Remo, what the? Oh, geez, we got Frosty the Snowman in here. We got the snow globe. Well, what's going on? Yeah, snow's melting, so maybe this is the last time we can do this one. Tundra Tumble is the name. I don't remember this one. I don't know if we've ever done it, but uh, sure, we can give her give her Perfect. on this. How many marbles in today? 166 marbles. Nice. This nicely, is a lot. Nicely done. Packed house for the marble yeah. race. Everyone's fired to go. Again, hoodie for first place. DQ ice cream cake from our friends Nick and Nikki for the last place marble not including guys that get eliminated the last marble to finish the race we'll have the dq ice cream cake for you make sure to stay tuned till the end we're going to make sure that you're here and we can get your prizes all right without further ado it's friday you know what that means marbles time let's drop them all right there we go oh what's going on here we go the tundra here we go. There you go. Frosty the Snowman getting left in the dust. Uh, who do we got? Winnipeg Jets Forever is up there. Seal Seegers. Moose 3. Drew Music is in the mix. Drew's had a nice start. That's for sure. What else do we got here? Oh, Hustler. I am Marble was up in the top 10 there for oh, a little bit. Look at this. They got two lanes. Which way can you go? Two of these 
rolling things. I like it. This is quite a race. Yeah, definitely. This is a wild, wild horse. I always like it when we have a new one. Hockey guy Jeff looking pretty good. Dan Milburn also looking pretty good. Greg M is in the mix. I see a Redwood. Shane Mason. The dark side. Hustler, you're gone. You took a drink. Oh, I just got taken out. Damn. Well, that's okay. I couldn't win anyways. A lot of Um, eliminations here. Yeah. Oh, my God. The skull and crossbones are uh, are all over the place. Yeah, this is one of those ones that you can get shot out. Oh, this also could be oh. one where someone gets shot and gets shot to the front. So we will see. This is survival of the fittest. Just stay in the race. Rob Mahoney right now looking good. Greg Hasbeek looking good. Theo Seegers as well. Oh, Bravo Bry just went over the top rope. Here come. it's going to be Rob Mahoney and Greg Hasbeek. Who will it be? Who's going to be Rob Mahoney, Greg Hasbeek, Mahoney by a hair with the victory over Greg, Theo, Dan Milburn, Tom Brady's trophy case, Jeff Shoot. <laughs> Jeff Shoot finishes in at six. I think Ryan Kernicki's in there as well. Now, again, the final, the last place uh, marble across the finish line or into the finishing area will win the DQ ice cream cake. So uh, now it's time just to cool it. I see Puck and Hoots, Neil Peters, Richie 101, and Al Broderick are taking their sweet time but still seem to be in it. Uh, although we can now see the fire coming down the track. You're going to need to get in before it's all done. Fritchie's looking good. Oh, Elliot's still in the mix. Elliot's taking his sweet time. Josh Conway is still there as well. Will they get burned? Al Broderick's in. So now it's Elliot and Josh Conway. And Josh might get incinerated by the fire if he does not get going. He did. Which means it's Elliot is, I believe, the final marble to cross the line. First off, congratulations, Rob Mahoney. Rob's in all the time. I think that might be. Rob's first victory, maybe his first place, uh, his first placing. So, Rob, well done. Greg, less than a second behind. Your finest performance, without a doubt. Uh, The rest of the top 10, uh, Rob, Greg, Theo Seegers is third. Dan Milburn, fourth. Tom Brady's trophy case in fifth. Jess Shute, Ryan Kernicki, Daryl Selly, Alan Gunter, and Stefan Marshall was the top 10. And Remo, go down. Let's just confirm that Elliot was, in fact, the final marble across the finish line. And we'll also see, I'm interested to see how many people got uh, thrown over the top because there was plenty of eliminations before we got in. Hacksaw, Hacksaw ended up getting across the line. He finished in 50th spot. Remus finished as well. He got in 66th. Shout out to Mario Lemieux. Yeah, see, shout out to Mario Lemieux. Exactly. <laughs> see Tico Napoli. Owen Loney, we continue to go down. Dave the Fantasy, so many of our regulars that are with us every day. Kenny, Kenny was 92nd. He was 92nd. O-Dog? Yeah, O-Dog was. There's not too many 92s. Uh, Mitch, WHT at 106. Jeez, I'm surprised that there were this many finishing marbles. I thought there were so many. And yes, Elliot. 249, eight seconds slower than the 117th marble, but got across the finish line. So Elliot, great stuff. 
Send me a message. We'll get you set up with a cake at any of the Nick and Nicky DQs where you want to pick it up. And Rob Mahoney, send us an email as well. I'll get in touch with you. We'll find out your size and we will get you set up. Um, man, Remo, I knew Friday was going to be a great show. Awesome numbers in throughout the day. And I know a lot of people fired up for this game tonight. And then, of course, a quick one-game roadie out to Chicago on Sunday. And then Monday's going to be a huge day. We're going to start early, probably in around noon, depending on what happens with the Winnipeg Jets. We'll have an extended show. We'll have a number of our favorites pop by to give us their reactions to what happens. And then the Jets are right back at it at home, again, hosting the Vegas Golden Knights on Tuesday. Uh, another great week, my friend. This has been an awesome week. Um, our downloads are coming up. Us uh, People are interested in the trade deadline and what the Jets might do. And I'm expecting a big show Monday. If there's are no trades, I mean, we can just run marbles the whole stream as well. We do marbles as like, hockey cards. Yeah, that's Monday's show when they're all, you know, when there's no trades, <laughs> marbles for the whole show. And uh, we're opening up boxes of hockey cards. So uh, maybe the Jets will hold off. I think Chevy's usually like a right at the deadline guy. Although maybe he gets it done early. I, I actually don't know. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting. I guess first things first, we'll see what happens in this game tonight because I have a feeling that may influence the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets as well. One thing I know, we'll be at the game tonight. Should be a great one. Hopefully, we'll see you there. Of course, check out I Seen Kenny and Rennie after the games and join us on Monday at noon. By the way, check out the Freep tomorrow. I think there might be something interesting in there as well on that. Folks, have a great weekend. Thanks to Hacksaw. Thanks to Kenny and thanks to Dave Pagnotta. And most of all, thanks to all of you for being a part of our day here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Shout out to everybody listening on the podcast and to all of our sponsors, including Royal Sports, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Boston Pizza, Princess Auto, Manitoba Battery, Nick and Nicky DQ, Cool Bet Canada, Canadian Club, F Apparel, Culligan Water, and our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market. For Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you on Monday early. Turn those notifications on. We'll get going around noon for trade deadline day on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Have a great weekend. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. 